Hello, everybody. And before we start tonight's show, let me once again, 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 thank the Second Print Comics Podcast for being the official sponsor of tonight's show and the Second Print Comics Podcast run by two complete and utter gems. And that would be Mark and Aremzo have a really, really great show. Now, last week, if you're playing along here, Luke Hollywood was on this little segment at the beginning and said that he was going to go and listen to Mark and Remzo, the Second Print Comics podcast, on Neil Gaiman's Marvel book, the 1602 book. He did go and listen. He told me that he liked it, but when it came time for him to join me here, I cannot get a hold of him. Uh, There's two problems here, and I think that this will add up. He's Irish, and he had the day off, which usually means the guy is drunk. drunk. I think he passed out, but with all that next time, I will have him tell us what he thought of that podcast, but he'll also have to add the next one on as well. And this is a doozy, and it's something that I think everybody can get behind. It is the Batman movie review. This coming up Wednesday when all of the Second Print Comics podcasts drop, they'll have their podcast on the Batman movie. The Robert Pattinson, as they say. And just to tell you how much I like the Second Print Comics podcast, I did not see the movie. And I don't know if I would be able to sit through it. Now, this is nothing about the movie. This is all on me. And if you've listened to the podcast or hear me just in this segment, you know I have a awful attention span that doesn't even allow me to watch a standard music video without drifting off. But the Second Print Comics podcast and Mark and Remzo did such a great job that I ended up being able to listen to their podcast about the Batman movie. And it was like I was there watching it with buddies, uh, you know, and buddies who might be talking a little too loud in the theater, probably people getting mad. But it was as if. I was just there, you know, hearing them discuss the movie, all that stuff. And I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed it without watching the movie. So if you have seen the movie, it'd be something even better, I'm sure. Now, I ended up being able to listen to this again because I'm one of their patrons. That's how much I do like them. But let me give you some info here so you can go off and get ready to listen to that this Wednesday. It is the Second Print Comics Podcast. As I said, search that. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, please and subscribe, rate and review that. Then when the podcast drops on Wednesday, you listen to it and you can let me know what you thought of that and let Mark and Remso as well. Some other things that you should do is to go over to their Twitter and Instagram, both at Second Print Pod, follow them there, and then go to their website at secondprintcomics.com and their Patreon, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. And I really like the idea that they're doing this Batman movie review because you get the idea then of what they do on the Patreon besides comics. They do a lot of stuff, TV and movie things as well. So check it out. Remember, Second Print Comics Podcast, rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. You'll thank me later, I know. And now let's get on to the show. Back to the only show that breaks down cracks up skews and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 412. 412, and here we are. Welcome, all you weirdos of the Get Fresh crew. Uh-huh. And we have 
a bunch of books here tonight. And one of the things being, I actually, I like some of these. Positive Jimmy oh, will be in town. I hope Positive Eric will be along with no. me, along for the ride. But even with that, it ended up being a thing this week that a bunch of people had messaged me. I watched some videos and things like that of people bailing from DC Comics and saying that, man, this is the worst ever. This is the craziest thing. And I, I was thinking about that the last couple of days. I like more books now than we had in, say, the DCYOU. Well, of course. That DCYOU deal. Well, the thing is, a lot of these people, they haven't been through these peaks and, you know, valleys here. Because when we ended up having the DCYOU, we then got Rebirth, which we really, really enjoyed. And a lot of people were telling me this, ended up jumping on with Rebirth. So they're quitting. They're quitters, Eric, is what I'm saying. Actually, I'm just saying you have to weather the storm. And I was at a point where I was getting a little depressed of all these messages and people even having videos of why I'm quitting DC and things like that. And I just thought, like, come on, like, let's just be uh, you don't even have to be positive. Let's just weather the storm and go, because there usually is something better on the horizon. It's just that DC hasn't let that stick really for as long as we want. But I ended up talking to some people like Stork. Stork actually told me he hasn't read a DC comic in a while, but he still listens to every show. Because he likes to laugh, Eric, and that made me happy. That, that what actually are we clowns? Went, that was yesterday. I'm like, you don't read any books. He's like, not really. Like, I just like to hear. And he said, I listen to you guys so that when things do get better, I'll be right back on and I wouldn't have missed anything. And I thought maybe that is the angle that we go with. Because as always, as I'm listening and getting messages, I'm trying to figure out our angle in all of this. And I figure our angle is just we show up every week. And we talk about all the books and, you know, we go up and down. And the whatnot. angle just, of the dangle. The angle of the dangle, the heat of the meat is just to be honest with them. And you can get frustrated, but to continue what I even said last week, we're not here to hate. We're here to love Eric. I'm a lover, not a hater. It, really, I'm kind of a hater yeah. as well. But say. still, I, I, I hate things, but I don't love things, but I love things and I don't hate things, Eric. That means... I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I can't trust about. you. I don't but know what's happening But before we end up going into these, because I do like a couple of these books a lot, we end up, uh, go over to the Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Then go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Did Lex Luthor just fall on the keyboards no, or something? No, no, my new kitty cat is still trying to get into the door oh, like she was last night. Oh, still trying to get that we can hear on that. Oh, Jess my is God. out and about, so she's out there by herself, and she doesn't want to be alone, even though she doesn't like to be in this room. Well, that that's the deal. And really, that's about the only person trying to get into your room, Eric. That's not appropriate. It's I don't not. know why I said that. <laughs> Eric, this is a E for she's a rescue entertainment deal here. <laughs> oh, so go over to our... What is it called? The Instagrams at Weird Science Comic. And then finally go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. Now, I need everybody to just sit down, relax. We're going to explain some things here. This is all about the Patreon and all the other podcasts we have because we have multiple shows now. On Thursday nights, me and Eric end up doing a Patreon only spotlight this past week. And that's that by the badasses by uh, the Gretfest crew. The badasses picked two books. This week, they ended up wanting to have those event books there. I mean, the they big events, the times right? for themselves. Teen Titans Academy number 13 and Trial of the Amazon's Wonder Girl number one. All right, we had that. If you want to go and listen to that, you could just go over to the Patreon right now, sign up, you get it. Then on Friday night on the regular feed that you're listening to now, we have the Thank Erotics Friday podcast. Go where bananas. me and you go bananas, and we did Task Force Z number six and Rogues number one. Now, why I'm kind of going through all of this is everything next week will be patreon only it's an annuals week we end up having no limitations i hear but 
if you end up wanting to listen to, say, the Thank God It's Friday podcast or the regular show that comes out on the regular feed Sunday night, they won't be there. They'll be on the Patreon only. You have to go over, sign up. It'll be the beginning of April so you can get in when the getting's good and then enjoy all the shows. We do a ton more. Just want to let everybody know, though, that all of that will be all tied up in a nice, neat bow over there on the Patreon. Pretty low, and Jim. It is pretty low. The one thing about the annuals week, though, is that the badasses, they don't have to pick that week because they get they everything get and everything for all of the Patreons. But still, here is, Eric, here's a little roll call. Here is a roll call, and it is the shout-out roll call of the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew. Uh-uh. Here we go, Eric. Uh, we have uh, Steven Bat Dad Mitchell. He's back and he ends up being a badass here. So welcome back, Steven. Thank you uh, very much. We have Ted Probst. I love Punchline. Michael S. Forrest Polly, Cam. Joseph Watch. Sick Matt Razor. D-Man 3000. Lady Abby. Red has jumped back up to being a badass as well. So welcome back, Red. Matches Balone, Niels T. Or David Fink, Joey Bercosco, Stephen Baum, Jason C. That's Sue 42 to you and me. Michael G., Ken Hallett, Comic Boom Rocket, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Algin Stosia, Nick Adams, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, well, look, no Wolf Marvel. It throws me off every time. Blue Collier, also my ridiculousness. Simon, Luis, Manship. Manship says to go read comics. I, I don't know if you know that, Eric. Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony. A voice of a generation. Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, our man Rob Lewis, Pete Muir, that's Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo, and up in the Minnesota area, Double A Ron, and the all time great Reggie. Reggie. So, yeah, those are uh, the Thank badasses. You, Thank you all so the badasses. Much, Thanks, everybody, as well, on the Patreon. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. I had an awful day, Eric, but oh, yeah. we're here to talk comics. Seems so normal, right? That, that, really. <laughs> so, here's the thing, too, where I look at the podcast, and, you know, I'm kind of involved in but it. You but you listen to podcasts, Jim. You don't look at them. I, silly. Yeah, well, that's true. But when I sit here and I think about our podcast and things like that, seriously, and this is a little bit of props to Eric here. He's not used to this, but... I'm not. It's I, right like, now. I like to... You know, do our podcast because I like to talk to Eric about comics. And then we just invite everybody in the conversation. That's really all it is. We're not here to tell anybody what they should, shouldn't read, whatnot. You just listen to us and we're us two wackos going through things. But yeah, I end up where it just this week kind of got me down. And I always do look forward to me and you talking about things. So hopefully people can get on with that. But. And Eric, also, I have to remind you, go read comics. comics. But we have a bunch of books here. I think that this show is going to be a little more streamlined. Didn't seem to get any email this week. So we're going to get through these, get done, and boom, we'll be all happy at the end, Eric. But we're going to go right now to, sadly, what will be the last time we ever hear your favorite theme song, Eric. It's all over because, yeah, we're going to go off now. The thing is, though, well, hold on. Before we even get to oh, that Oh, I know. Idea, Are you going to say that we can still play it because the, the tower will be Arkham around? The tower survives and it's going to live on in Gotham City. That and so is in true. my mind, like, maybe just whenever you know, something bad something happens goes to Arkham wrong. Tower, we can always play this song again. The funny I don't thing know. is, Eric, I, I, don't don't write, it. I don't write many notes for the show, really. I mean, it's obvious. But uh-huh. one of the things I did write for Detective Comics Song may continue. That's song all I had song. because it may, and actually, maybe if, if I feel like it, it, it's worth, we may end up having the boy song as well. The man, but, the, but the, the boy, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, it's not good. That's definitely going to be the first and last time ever. So I better get out there. But we're going to go up right now 
Like you said, we're going to have a little bit of talk about the ending of that Detective Comics Weekly deal, also Action Comics, and then everything else can follow. Eric, there it is. It's fading out now forever, maybe. We'll see. We'll see if the tower can end up, you know, rehabilitating itself before it rehabilitates the, you know, the sick of Gotham City. The we'll sick see. of Gotham City. For some reason, you're saying that I understand that people are sick and getting but just, it's the sick of the city. The terrible vomit people of the world. The sick. Even by the end, when you end up having this, well, we, we want to take it back. Nakano. That's right, take it back. He can't get out of his own way. Also, I love when we get to the part where he's announcing things and he says, we're going to look into my administration and see who was at fault. I, I think that you might just look in the mirror. Don't this look. Is, Don't this look is too like hard. OJ looking for the killer. I mean, I hate to say it, but it is. You are the only one. Yeah, there was that one guy, the party planner. That we had, you know, whatever his name, R.I.P., he's dead, but we don't really see anybody else. Everybody he hires either ends up being a mouth monster. Yeah, it's Hugh Vile's fault. It's everybody's fault, including himself. But he really can, he comes out, he's the Teflon Don over here. I got them, nothing ever sticks to him, but maybe we'll end up seeing that song continue because, as we both will probably say, if the Arkham Tower continues, the nonsense will as well. So we're sure to get it. And really, one of the things that's already been announced that will be a backup in this Detective Comics is one of the first stories with the Arkham Tower post this story is having Gotham Girl take residence in it. And, you know, that, that doesn't well, sound does like that's going to work out as well uh, when you have somebody who can take down Captain Adam in there, Eric. But we're here. Well, not only that, somebody could take out Captain Adam with her previous powers before Batman at the end of Tom King's run decides, like, you know what? You've been a real pain in the ass with your godlike powers. You feel like, oh, you have done so much terribleness to the city. You know what? Here's some special kryptonite that'll give you Superman powers forever. You've earned it, girl. Here you go, girl. Go get him, girl. But yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about and Batman really, was just bad at everything in Tom King's run. He is, really. He, he was. Uh, and that actually had continued at points. So I'll give Mariko Tamaki some credit here before we start this detective deal. That at least when Batman came back into town, 
He at least kicks some ass. He hasn't done that much. When he kicks so he, much ass that we missed half of it when we jump into this issue. It's all it's all done. It's all. It's over. like when me and you laugh when somebody punches somebody and punches them out of their shoes. Batman came and punched the plot <laughs> the out of this. The plot fell out of the book. Well, that's the worst part. When I'm listening to that song that I love so much to in- intro into this whole section of books, and I hear Anna Volsham with scissors in her hands, I'm like, you don't see any of that. Everything that we had leading up to the last issue where you had freaking, uh, you know, a Scarecrow being the big bad of everything. You got Batman show up, a pose off. But when Koyuki Nakano puts on the uh, Psycho Pirate mask and says no more, she really meant it. And she meant the story because now we just jump where everything is said and done and we're just moving past it. I'm like, that sucks. It's really odd. And again, I'm not going to sit here and crow. <laughs> this is what I worried about. I'm not going to say I was right and this is bullcrap or whatever. I'm not here to do that now. I'm going to try to remain positive. But. The problem is, is you get done and it makes it feel like this whole story meant nothing. It just ended up. We didn't even see no mouth monsters. Random events, things that pulling up. You end up having a huge thing like, I mean, Screen Rant ended up saying that we have a new psycho pirate on our hands. Right. And so when you go into this, it's barely referenced. It's not even referenced in a way of, oh, my God, I saw this. Things going through my mind, all this. It's just, oh, no, no. Psycho pirate talked to me. And he said, you know, things happen, and then they and then don't. And he sent me and flowers. Yeah, and then he sent me flowers. I, it just, why are you Yarr. setting up these things where, even then, at the end of this, was it all just to set up a new bat cave in the sewers? I, uh, I, I don't, I don't which know. Which also, in my mind, for some reason, looking at this new bat cave, because the other one was found out by the party crashes. But when I look at this place, the underground of Gotham, I feel like they just moved into the party crashes' old headquarters. That's what it looks like. I'm surprised they don't no, have they the, old, look here. the old boxes over there. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Here it is. This is Detective Comics number 1058, written by Amariko Tamaki, and the first story, the tower finale. Mariko Tamaki writing, art by Amin K. Napolon, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Ariana Mayer. Then we do get the finale of the House of Gotham as well, written by Matthew Rosenberg, uh, with art by Fernando Blanco, Jordi Belair on colors, and Rob Play on letters. So with this, I expected more of a finale, more of something where they're going to do some cleanup. You would have that, but do that in a way that you're going to tell us what happened to Anna Volshin, what is going to go on with this, what's happening and all this. This actually feels like we missed three issues and now they're just going to recap of, hey, what have we been doing? Well, just hanging out, just doing Talking things. Talking to Deb Donovan about what we did and what she needs to write about, but not all of it because she doesn't need to know everything. It just needs to know pretty much it wasn't a scarecrow thing. Yeah. I mean, this gets infuriating in the point where now at the end, Mariko Tamaki has Deb Donovan say, hey, everybody, you know, me and a bunch of other people thought this tower was a bunch of nonsense and wouldn't work. <laughs> where Deb Donovan was this like framing deal, but she disappeared at one point. So when she comes back and just says, I don't want to tell you I told you so, but I told you so. We knew this wouldn't work. This is bullshit. The problem is, though. Tell us what exactly happened. And when you have Batman and Batwoman come in to talk to her, it's infuriating that you have one page of, hey, tell me what went on. No, I can't. We were not allowed to tell you. We're not. You know why? Because nothing happened. I mean, really, well, what else were they going to say? With Nakano's press conference, I'm like, we're going to look at real hard and find out who's at the bottom of what went wrong with Arkham Tower. But when you have the narrations, like Tobias, where he was a con artist, the man with a significant rap sheet of petty fraud charges who used the medical license of the late Dr. James Ware to forge his credentials. I'm like, 
Y'all motherfuckers knew his name was Tobias. Yeah. Now, here is the thing. I want to set this up. This is something I'm going to discuss with you a little bit more. Because of the idea. You knew his name was Tobias Ware. Now, all of a sudden, you could just type in his name, and he's got all these fraud charges. Never could find that again. It doesn't seem like he changed his name. He ends up going and getting the medical license of a dead man who just has his last name, but a different first. He never changed the name. I said in my review on the site, did he get a marker? Is he Homer? Did he cross out James and put Tobias? Now, with that, is there a connection between him and James Ware? Is this his father? Now, wait. Now, go a little ahead. We're just going to go ahead. Go to the funeral part of this where they end up. They're burying Tobias. His gravestone says James Ware. What is going on here? Well, that's what happens when he really successfully steals someone's identity. You get to have it. Beloved husband and father. What? Where is this coming from? You end up having Nakano walking away. And it says, you know, pretty much it doesn't have that, but it's it's James Ware. What What is going on here? What are they doing in this? It's Tobias Ware. And yet they're burying him as a pseudonym deal of debt. I, I, I want to think there's a weird thing in Gotham. There's like a bunch of loopholes in the wall because, you know, Tobias Ware successfully took the that? identity <laughs> of Dr. J- of the late Dr. James Ware. It's like, well, James Ware is already dead and this guy's dead. We got to bury him on top of Dr. James Ware. We already have a plot. The idea that you didn't have him change his name first. I mean, Tobias is right out in front, right? Is it a thing in Gotham where the thing is we did bury Tobias Ware and like that's the whole thing everybody's there for for some reason or another, even though the con man caused horribleness. But the way that the Gotham cemeteries are laid out, it's all alphabetical. It's alphabetical. <laughs> the problem is, because I see that, I didn't see this when I first read it. I saw it later Neither this I. afternoon. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait a minute. But when they're putting down, I'm like, maybe this is that the James Ware was his father, and they're be- but then when you see them next to the thing, you see all the people's feet there in the empty deal. It, yeah. It's his grave. I mean, you can't go past. So in an issue that could be just an art faux pas, but somebody have to say something. Somebody have to. Nobody say. Uh, I'm kind this of lost because even the idea. Let's just say that for whatever reason, you know, Batwoman or uh, uh, Chase Meridian was going through here with uh, Nakano, and they put the, the rose down on the late Doctor James Ware, whose identity was sourly taken after his death. And the whole idea is like, maybe it was just an idea where they're, they're supposed to be doing this to honor a man whose identity was stolen. But the way it is now, I'm just like, am I supposed to believe that? Or am I supposed to believe that that poor, misunderstood con man, Tobias Ware, who's going to be forever James Ware now in our hearts and minds. He's always going to be James. I, I just don't know what to make of this. Because even when you look at it, let's just say we are honoring this con man for some unknown reason. And when it says, well, a beloved husband and father, I'm like, I don't know anything about Tobias Ware. And remember back at the beginning, we were talking about Tobias. And I kept saying, like, I don't know anything about him. And we kept thinking, we're going to see more. We had a flashback of when he was a kid that he was mad because of mental health. That, yeah, but that really didn't play in anything because, in fact, he wasn't there because his mom made him mad about mental health. He was there just to steal money. So that got yes. at that point, he ended up having... His lifelong friend, Robert, who he thought was, and we thought could only be, you know, Psycho Pirate, but got the name wrong. And if it's not, who knows? We end up having at one point. Robert could be his own man outside of Psycho Pirate. It's weird, though, with the idea that that's all we saw. But then we had to be told, oh, we're lifelong friends. Remember, we're lifelong friends. There's so many things that seem to be setting stuff up that weren't mouth monsters, especially, which basically at the end where I was afraid what we're going to get at the end is, eh. 
you know, I, I kind of got over that. It, that. I don't even know if that's the case because you don't really tie it up too much. But what about that scene when we we had that shack with, with the spray paint? Oh, the blood O'Neal? Yeah, no, but you no. know, that whole deal. No, not Shaquille. Uh, the idea with that girl and that's yeah, for yeah. a second. But we thought might that might be. And about like these things pop up in a Mariko Tamaki story and then just fade away. But then so do big things like anavulsion, mouth monsters. These things just end up being something of a, you know, pretty much the machinations to get from one point to the next. And then they're discarded. It's just very, very odd. That gravestone of Dr. James Ware is very out of place and weird in this. So I didn't even realize that my score is going down because of how much it doesn't make any sense. It, and that makes no sense. And even you said, even without that, when they end up reporting and say, hey, listen. Tobias Ware, like he could even say, listen, Tobias Ware, who we knew as Dr. Tobias Ware, actually was Eric Shea. Kind of, we should have looked into it more. I'm very sorry we failed you here, but we promised to be better. No, no, no. They pretty much say right out, hey, you know that Tobias Ware? Yeah, that guy's a con artist. We just looked it up. He's got a rap sheet a mile long. Significant rap sheet. But yet they end up just because he says, I have a medical license, but it's not in his name, but he's using his name. Uh, that nobody sees it. Oh, that must not Full be that guy. Plan. I mean, I see the picture here. Oh, they look alike, but it must not be the same guy. What, what is going on? So then the whole deal is they look nothing you alike. Know, I'm, no, I'm saying when you look up Tobias Ware, oh, that's a con guy. That can't be Tobias Ware, the, doctor. the honorable doctor Tobias Ware. When we went through the story as well, just a couple of the other things, you end up where. When we had a point, oh, my God, what's going on with the security system? We can figure something out. Oh, no, no, no. That was done off the books. Uh, really? How was that done? Oh, you know, the building itself, contractors, we don't know who they were. Nothing was ever like it was all forced to get this story going to get no story. And so then you end up where they're all, you know, it's pick up the pieces time. But the pick up the pieces time is Psycho Pirate has gone missing and the Penguin wants him. So he sends well, out his goons. It's such a weird idea where Psycho Pirate is missing. He's like the uh, the thing that's left undone in this whole story because, you know, even going into this, he's trying to escape and, like, hide from Dark Side of all people because of what happened in Infinite Frontier. So then he gets into this whole the tower nonsense, but now he's just trying to get out of town and stop the Psycho Pirate nonsense because the boy's tired. He just wants to go take a nap for a week or two. And we saw that he's is, not he's not an evil guy. He's always manipulated. He's yeah. always kind of forced to, to do yes, things moments. in a way and yeah he got but even I mean, the idea though that our whole story here that actually continues on and like picks up for any story that you actually wanted to see for the conclusion of the tower the penguin for some reason wants the psycho pirate we gotta get him boys and i'm like that is the whole thing and the only thing the batman family wants to do right now is take out the penguin's goons because they are there leading the penguins goons to a fake psycho pirate, which is Batman in a psycho pirate costume, just laying and wait and setting a trap for these goons. Like, this is the majority of the action in your story. It is. It is. It's only there for an action scene where you get Batman hiding in the shadows, pretending he's psycho pirate just to take down one goon there who comes in and wants to get him. Hey, psycho pirate, come on. I mean, get the penguin. Don't don't go after just these goons now. Now you're going to cripple him a bit in his operations. But you're going to get nothing on the penguin. That just pisses off the penguin. Oh, my God. And then you have just like, hey, let's walk like badasses and talk smack, which yeah, didn't even play that. out. That Oracle, tell the rest of the team, Penguin, Hench, have been clocked uh, by the team battle. Who, who is this? Penguin, Hench. Where, yeah, Penguin, and I like how Oracle goes, thank you all. 
Oh my goodness. You did it, guys. Merry Christmas. You end up now they're in this new Bat Cave deal that's under now. They're still throwing shade at the, the Batman caves that were micro caves down there and were, you know, just suitable for what he needed to do or whatever. But now they have to have this big base. What does that do? Do you think you're going to see this in the Batgirl book? Because I don't know. I but don't. if they made a toy of a place into this, I would buy it. It'd be kind of cool. We'd have an <laughs> elevator and stuff like that. Right? You got this long staircase of bricks. Like, this is almost in my mind the way it looks. It's almost like. The sewer layer of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the second live-action movie, where it was that, like, you know, abandoned train station and stuff like that, for how big and deep it is. I'm like, it's kind of cool. I don't know why we need it, but it's kind of cool. First off, I still think it's in the sewers. It is. So it stinks like hell, but they're like, man, this is so much better than that. Okay, so we get that. We get that. Is that what we needed after 12 weeks to just say, oh, they got a bigger underground sewer cave? About time. Bigger's better, Jim. I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, well, that is true. Not from Probably Jess, Jess, I guess. Probably, well, maybe. <laughs> As she's looking out the window longingly. You end up where then you have funeral? Funeral. And they go off, and Nakano's there. When do you have a mayor of a city show up at a guy who ended up pretty much doing the worst thing in the city, and then he shows up to pay his respects? I actually have no idea how to answer that. I mean, I'll tell you, like, you end up where, do you think that wherever Charles Manson was going and when he died, do you think that any mayor is going? It's just weird. I actually have no idea if Charles Manson's dead or alive at this point in time, because sometimes I think he's alive and sometimes I think he's dead, but my mind doesn't want to figure it out. And I don't want to look it up. All it is, though, is for all these characters to get together so they can talk for a second. And you do have Deb Donovan then talking to uh, Kate Kane. Who ends up, I don't know what she knows, identity doesn't know. She knows that she went in under the disguise of, you know, Dr. Frau, but that really didn't mean anything. Yeah, he only died anything. five years ago, Charles so, Manson. Yeah, yeah. So you end up where they're still talking. It says, whoever you're protecting, the unknown factor from Markham Tower, you can't reveal. That is referencing the conversation she had earlier with Batman dressed as Batwoman. But she knows that Kate is Batwoman now? Well, the thing is, again, I don't know if the idea is that it's, you know, she knows Kate Kane is Batwoman, but she knows that the Dr. Frau was Batwoman the whole time because she even calls her Dr. Frau. That's even to go back and forth with it. She still knows that this person is Frau, Batwoman, But nobody knows that Dr. Frau is Kate Kane for some reason, socialite. I think that that's the case. (laughs) Only because she says, whoever it is you're protecting... The unknown factor from Arkham Tower you can't reveal. That's, like I said, directly from the conversation earlier as Batwoman with Batman. Seems like she's trying to pry in some more. But then, no, I, you know, is it a guy who did it? I don't want to sound sexist. But nothing happens there again. I can't tell you. All right. Then we go and we set up. The tower is going to continue. Nakano, Chase Meridian. Nakano, I think the problem he has a lot. He does these, you know, I don't know graveside you know negotiations i mean this is he's just saying i think that i want you to keep the tower going i this yeah. might be something you might want to ask some other people about nakano work some things through here. chase meridian was on the up and up this entire time she was the voice of reason behind all the psycho pirate nonsense she deserves this jim you Let know what the it. funniest thing is we what this is how many days we you know it did go 27. on 27 it went off past what so he's only known her that like less than a month but yet now he's just fully on board with her. He doesn't know who she is either. Thing is, though, unlike Tobias Ware, he's looking at this woman and she has good <laughs> I credentials. Think he did. I think that he goes with, 
Well, she was against where? And and also, Batman has endorsed her. Yeah, but that's the problem I have with all that Batman. But he never endorsed where. It's just nothing makes sense here. And it's just that this whole thing is just going to continue because it's just going to continue. The place should be shut down already. That Dr. Chase Meridian is on the up and up. And and through her leadership, maybe Arkham Tower and downtown Gotham could actually be a place of healing. Yeah, I I just want to see how they deal with this are we going to end up where from now on righteous like, people to the tower. better security take them to the tower and stuff because arkham arkham itself unfortunately almost needs to be that crazy revolving door so that you can explain well why is this guy out it is a continuity thing a lot of times of well that guy just went to jail you know went to their in that book, why is he out here? Oh, you know, I don't even understand how things are working out because in the meantime here, I don't know if like the, the super criminals, the criminally insane of the super villain variety are actually, you know, going to be ending up here if it's just people who go here who have like normal problems who don't want to take over the world and or city who are going to go here to get help because even when we go to Holly later on when she's falsely accused and arrested, she is sent instantly to Blackhead. I'm like, what was that about? Two, two words, Eric. Gotham girl, because that seems to be the first. It's just going to be whatever the books want to do or whatnot. But yeah, I didn't actually. The idea that Harley goes off to Blackgate. That bitch is crazy. That was kind of a neat little twist, though, to say, well, Arkham isn't functioning right now, so she ends up there, unfortunately. That was okay. But yeah, from here on out. Can we just go to another like hospital or something like I mean, that? Send somebody? them out of you know, send them out of state or side. I don't know. I mean, right now, please. You see stop gas that. Gym? City can't I afford that. That is true. I mean, really, how could they? The, the city's been in flames now for the past. We just year. built this tower that's larger than anything the world has ever known. We can't afford to do anything. Well, remember though, but the tower you saved a little money because before that it was like Hugo Strange. Like, none Hugo of this Strange makes is sense. safe building. None of this makes sense. It, it is pretty much building as bullshit on bullshit. It, it, this, I, where is the Indian burial ground that they moved the gravestones? Oh, that, that's on the outskirts. I mean, of Gotham. seriously, they got to do something here. Uh, I feel like the idea of half of the problem with Gotham that goes back to like Indian burial grounds or like the like. Native Americans being slaughtered by the white men at some point, I'm sure have been in the story somewhere. We, we almost got to something along that in that last White Knight deal that kind of twisted and turned. And Wasn't that with a pirate and Dracula? Yeah, yeah, and there was some bad shit <laughs> yeah. going down. I mean, you know, like Laffy Arkham? Pirates and vampires, I mean, it's all <laughs> of them nonsense. So you end up, though, with all this That's going all down. That's now is Dracula's and pirates. Yeah, really. I mean, or Dracula pirates would be oh better. God. So you end up with this all going down. And as I'm reading it, I just keep, it's almost like, I don't know, a slap in the face of you, you idiot. You thought that this was going to end up being something. Are and now I'm just going to show you both of us. They, you know, we end up at the end of all this 12 weeks and all this stuff where it didn't really do anything. You just end up having the tower go. We do all of this stuff where, you know, Koyuki, the, uh, the mayor's wife, is going to get some real help now. And Batman is going to fucking brood on top of brooding as he hears that little radio was on the air. Yeah, I don't even. It, the weird thing about Koyoka, she seems like she's like suddenly she's Koyuki. better. Koyuki, she seems better. And then she's like, well, just take it as it is. We'll go. But. Where's Anna Volsian? Where's all these other things? What Still happened to Scarecrow? Where's he now? Where did they do? What did they do with all well, these Well, that's characters? the thing is you don't understand. We're never going to see them again because, you know, Koyuki with the Medusa mask said no more. That shit's going to stick, they right? They disappeared, I guess. Uh, you end up then with Huntress and Harley. Them. Huntress and Harley are hanging. Hey, what did you think about when you were in your cell? Oh, I was just thinking weird things. What, Harley? And is this the worst joke ever? I don't know. Yeah. 
You think anyone ever asked Batman if he has a bat in the cave? What? Even the Huntress is like, what? Like, that doesn't, Again, it's not funny. It's there's not, no reason that she goes to Blackgate in her own book. That bitch is crazy. Nothing here. And then the Huntress is like, well, you know, I was there for therapy. I remember that, I guess. And uh, here I am. No, she's fine now. Yeah, no mention of this mouth monster stuff or that she had violent well, visions. Is, Jim, you forget again. Koyuki had to do glass and said no more. <laughs> I, mean, I wish that that was the case. I wish that they basically had at the end where they said, man, things are like a real wonky and I, but it looks better now. No and yet Koyuki just le- smiles and says, you're welcome. you're welcome. You're welcome. And walks off because Batman goes, finds Psycho Pirate. With two words, Koyuki has done more for the city than her husband, the mayor, has ever done. <laughs> it's true. Really, if it really worked, he would not be mayor right now. Uh, but Batman goes and finds Psycho Pirate, and this is where I've said this before with Mariko Tamaki, and this isn't exactly bad, but she doesn't seem to want to have anybody really be a villain at the end of these stories. Everything that she plays out, everybody is always something is explained, somebody just needs help, and that's fine. But in an all-around deal of the shit that went down, you go and there's Psycho Pirate. Hey, Psycho Pirate, you on the run? Yeah. I think there's a better way. Boom. We don't even see what that means. No choice. <laughs> what if there was? I just wanted to be the next panel, the continuation where he's thrown in prison. <laughs> yeah, but in prison, this is a guy, Batman, who ended up grabbing that mask from Psycho Pirate, the Medusa mask, and just had it in the cave and well, stared at it for is, a while. Like, you know, what did we end up doing with that Medusa mask that was in the cave for the whole button to take place? Did, how did how did it get out of the cave remember. or back in Psycho Pirate's head? Was it because of I Death Metal reset ended. everything? Yeah, I think that story, and then it just went back. Yeah, we'll say that it reset that. But yeah, Batman's like, what if there was a choice? I'm like, like what? Throw him in prison. I know Tobias, he's dead, so he can't end up. He's facing the ultimate justice. Yes, he is. He's at the pearly gates, maybe. I doubt it. But yeah, end up where uh, we don't even know what happened with Scarecrow. And, And the word around town again is that this was a Scarecrow thing. I don't even know how that leaked out. But even if that's the case... That really makes everybody look bad. The idea that you ended up having Fear State where you know the Scarecrow was a bad guy. Two weeks later, he's back doing nonsense. Like, why is Batman even accepted? I know that some people have problems with him, but you just end up pushing it aside with the idea. Oh, people thought it was a Scarecrow thing. All right, well, where's Scarecrow? What did but you Deb do Donovan's with Donovan's going to write the story and tell everybody it wasn't. Well, yeah. She, actually, I think Deb Donovan is going to say, listen, I'm just going to reveal this. I talked to Batwoman and Batman, and I want to reveal what they told me. They told me shit. I don't know what happened. But the one thing they did tell them, it wasn't a Scarecrow yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's nothing. And you end it with then. Middle radio. Everything's going on and all of a sudden. Do you think that he's eating his blackjack thumb at this time? Eric? Riddle me this. <laughs> Who has the most rock and roll station in Gotham? Oh, my God. Hey, hey you, ain't ri- you ain't fans of rock and Rick and McConaughey. W-Q-I-Z. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, you end up riddle me this. When is a killer not a killer? And when I was reading through this, one of the things about this, too, as a finale, boy, it went red quick, right? It really read quick. So when I get to the end, I'm like, Oh crap, we didn't even get anything. It was nothing at all. It really it really did upset me. By the end, even though I kinda thought this might be the way that we're going, 
But really from this, what do we get? We get a little radio. We get a maybe new bat cave under in the sewers. Maybe we saw it. It's definitely there. I, but Jim. I don't we know that Arkham anybody's going to use it. Is what I'm saying. And and yeah, and then you end up getting Arkham Tower Matthew that will. keeps going. Maybe I I don't know that she's going to center this on the bat family still, or it's just going to be just a Batman book. I don't know. But everybody in the bat family needs a place to hang their case, Jim. And now we have it. Yeah, you know, they're just hanging loose and. We'll see if it goes to any of the other books. But uh, anything else you want to add to this finale, Eric? Are you, you excited about it? Well, the thing is, I'm excited it's over now because maybe we can go back to doing some actual Batman stuff outside of being called, like, you know, Detective Comics, Shadow of the Bat, The Tower, the 12-part weekly series of storytelling where nothing really happens except for a tower was bucked, everybody knew it was doomed, and guess what? It was doomed. It but maybe was, it can't yeah. be doomed forever. Yes, yeah, so we're going to move end. on. We're going to move on now. To the finale of the House of Gotham. A little song here, Eric, for you. This is especially for you. And we're done. I All ended right. up at one point. I thought I want to have a week. I want to have a week where I actually just review the songs in parody form, or review the books. No written reviews, just parodies. You'll but review your songs, you'll say ten. And out then of I'll 10. say they stink. Uh, but yeah, you get this House of Gotham. I thought that it was a bit of a disappointment. I have a lot of people really love this ending, and I understand it's one of those like non Hollywood endings. It ends uh, with a bummer, but it does end with. Hey, Gotham eats everybody up, spits them out, especially if you're in the middle of that. If you're not a vigilante, you're not a crazy, crazy villain. That's fine. It just felt like the story went on too long just to get to this. And it's not even the death at the end that I was uh, upset about. It was going back to the trope of Batman didn't kill Joker and all these people. And, and I'm going to do this. That's the part so, of this whole thing. Right? That's I mean, the thing that to upset. the point where because of Batman and his boy army that we saw throughout this whole thing, our boy, who is now the man, has his own child army that works together in the sewers for a greater tomorrow. But our tomorrow can only be great if we lure Batman and the Joker into the sewer so the boy can take them out finally and end his own nightmares. And the Batman just tells him, you can't kill the Joker. And it's a thing that we've seen a million times. The boy might as well be Jason Todd coming back as Red Hood at this point in time because it's the same speech over again to where we get to the point where like, you don't have to do this. And we don't. But for some reason... Like, I don't know. It's one of those divisive kind of endings where, you know, it'll split the the, the uh, audience thing. But the idea of killing the boy because he doesn't matter ultimately because he isn't nobody, as he calls it, he is the forgotten. And he will be forgotten after this because the story doesn't really matter. And it becomes cliched at the end, which is very disappointing. But 
the way it's done, where Batman just goes away, the Joker just goes away, and the boy goes walking down the sewers by himself, or the penguin, who we haven't seen in the dog station, now just comes over, I ain't forgot about you, the boy! <laughs> you took my money, the boys! You remember I'm 20 years you. ago? I'm in the sewers for no reason, coming after you now, so the penguin! Yeah, I, it's weird, too, he's all dressed up fancy Bang, like that, down there, down there with his big gun, that was the gun it's that so the boy weird. grabbed. Now, the weird thing about it, too, is where you go and like you said, it does remind me of Jason Todd stuff. And and when that happened, I actually thought that the resolution here would be that the Robins all come in and they actually, I mean, crap, just unmask and say, listen, yeah, we're this boy army, but we're here because of different reasons. And Jason Todd's reason and why he's actually Red Hood now is very similar to what the boy was. And I wanted something like that. I wanted him to realize why Batman did the things and whether it's good or bad or indifferent. Everybody has their reasons, just like he did gathering his little boy army and, and stuff like that. But when you end up throwing Seems that Joker deal no in, in here, though, because even the idea that like all our Robins were together in the last issue and then we were separated because this was a trap that was being sprung by the boy. But when you had all the Robins together for Batman's boy army, it would have been nice to see them here and even add Batgirl to the mix with us throughout the story just to show you know, the child army, just not the boy army, but just the idea that Batman is using kids to help the boys argument around here. But it's just the old stereotypical kind of conversations that you have around a Batman and a Joker and the problems that are involved. And the ending for me, like I said, like it's divisive. It's going to split the audience 50-50 in my mind, whether you like it or don't like it. I don't like it because I just find it anticlimactic. And I then it's it over. I'm like, oh, it, nothing matters. I got you. And I know that we would have some sort of, uh, you know, idea where if you ended up having an ambiguous ending, maybe you'd get upset. But I wouldn't even mind if you ended up having... I don't know why Penguin would be hanging in the sewers. And it does seem like he's involved. He's like, listen, I couldn't do it. Oh, it's you, Penguin. Oh, man, you really showed me some kindness. And then at the end, you just have a bang and end up, you know, maybe the Penguin went to scare him. Maybe he didn't shoot him. Maybe he survived it. But seeing him dead really, like, kind of kicked you. But even before that, what I didn't like, because this story has kind of been interesting in a way that it kept us, you know, guessing. Oh, my God. At one point, I thought... He was Psycho Pirate. At one point, you thought that he might have been Nero 19, who, you know, R.I.P. or, you know, God bless you, He's Nero fine. 19. I, I, who knows? I, I don't know what happened. I but do. Only Siphon died. When you end up with this, though. But again, why didn't we find out anything about him? He seemed to be this huge thing there. But You're Siphon or Nero 19? But n- Nero 19, I'm okay. talking about. Like, so when you get to this ending, you end up, you could even have it where, and we know the Joker's not going to die, whatnot, but you could almost have it where, I don't care, Batman, I'm going to do it. And then it cuts to black. You don't know what. Oh, my God, I wonder what happened. But when he starts talking and Batman starts saying stuff like, I see your parents and you every night when I go to sleep. I'm like, that's a little too much there, Batman. I mean, this kid is, you know, a little wacko, but he's not an idiot. He he knows what you think of everybody when you're going to bed and why. I do. That's why I can never sleep. He should sit there and like, that's a little creepy there, Batman. You're a little sus. But it gets really, really hokey. The idea, and really, this dialogue by Batman. I done failed you, the boy. I'm it's, sorry. It gets to be the same thing. It gets to be the where Batman feels really bad about what he's done to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love your Batman. You're like a classic Batman. Batman. Hey, dear boys, I'm upset because I can't help you everybody. Don't even understands how bad my heart is breaking over here, the boys. You know what's funny nowadays, and this might be just me, but since even we started doing the podcast, I've not been reading comics most of my life, like you. But it seems like now everybody wants to write Batman as this guy who always wants to apologize for not doing enough 
but then never showing them doing enough. I'd rather this, I mean, this idea of a bat god versus this versus that, but this Batman who just guy. always say, so do I. That's kind of what I want. Now, I don't need. Because you need a bat god, a man. If, if you need a bat god, this man you love here, this vigilante, this cake crusader is going to be on a team full of gods. Yeah. So here's the deal. You get a bat god in this book and the boy's happy. He has his family. And even then, you have this deal where you're going to allude to some crazy Silver Age bullshit we're talking about now where Batman uses his, his godlike intelligence to build a time machine to go back in time exactly. to stop the Joker stop from hurting the, Joker. the boy. Now let's quantum leap Batman and the boy grows up to be a fucking senator. <laughs> exactly. But then the dirty Thank senator, you, it never works out. It's a monkey paw of time I travel. I mean, the only thing we don't get here is Batman taking the cow off and saying, look, look who I am, boy. Look at my face, the boys. I'm just like you. I'm just like you. You know who I am, I'm Bruce Wayne's. I was in the alleys. Yeah, so when my you get this. My parents were done killed too, boys. I, I don't need Batman continuously apologizing to people because of what he didn't do. I want him, to, I want to see Todd. him do stuff. Yeah, poor Jason just wants one bit. Be my father, please. I should have been I there. love you. Oh, my God. At one point, too, you have the boy. And even that idea, again, that trope. Oh, you killed Joker. How many other people did he hurt? Do you think that I don't dream about killing the Joker every night? I'm like, was that before or after you think about me and my family? Well, obviously, it's after, Jim. He's asleep and dreaming. This is why he gets shit done, because he's working at night. He's daydreaming. It's night dreaming. I don't know what he's doing there. Because I'm mad now. I'm not mad. I'm just getting frustrated with this whole deal. Batman needs to be able to do some things. And then, yeah, you can't hinge every story on, oh, I'm the one person who got through the cracks because these cracks are getting real big. Real big. You could have even tied this in first victim and stuff. That's a James Tyson thing, though. But still, this story thudded. This ended up at the end just basically for me now. It was not worth all these issues. It was fun trying to figure things out. But then at the end, just getting that, you're like, yeah, you were just leading to bullshit. You were leading to cliched bullshit. Well, and it sure really... There will be a lot of people that do like the conclusion this being such a down kind of ending for what we went through. Because ultimately, if you're not a main character in the book, you're a side character. Nobody cares about a side character. You might as well just be dead. You are the forgotten. You are just the boy. You're not even worth having a name. Well, that's true. But why I don't like it is because you really are centering it on... The one person who really didn't care was Batman. He let this all He happen. tried to care, Jim. He tried so he hard to try. He kept saying it. It lip service the whole entire time. Oh, my God. Every step of the way. Oh, you're that boy. Oh, I must have forgotten about you for a little bit. I'm going to make it better now. All right. Next, 10 years later. Oh, shit. The boy. Now, he's See, the now you're going to make me mad because you tell me that the father and that freaking Cats in the Cradle song, he didn't try, Jim. He tried, but he had to work to provide for his family. He tried, and that he didn't boy try. broke just like him. That's the problem. He didn't try in the way that should have mattered. Sat in the basement, and I did podcasts. My kids grew up, and they hated my ass. I sit there, and I sit here all the time thinking that my kids don't mind this because they know I'm doing it, try to work the deal. But I wasn't there for the American. It's come, it's come to roost. That cat's in the cradle. I'm telling you, when you end up having Harry Chapin, he hears my story. He cries now, Eric. <laughs> I mean, seriously, his story is actually so much better because they seem to be talking. Not with me. At least he says, I called up my boy the other day. I'm like, really? I wish I could have that. This sounds like the greatest thing you ever. You could do that. You just don't want to. I did talk to Zach last night. I, here's the deal. I talked to Zach last night. I go, hey, what's going on? He goes, oh, my life sucks. Everybody's telling me I'm a piece of shit and I'm worthless. I said, well, you know, Boy, what? I grew like, up just like me, like father, like son. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And this is 
it ends up a little happier than the sounds. He goes, yeah, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, I took this seriously. Zach actually has guns at his house. So I uh-huh. said, you don't want to say that. And I said, hey, how about we go out to lunch next week and bitch about everybody together? No response. And I'm like, are you okay? No response. I called him then. And he answers, hey, what up, Jimbo? I'm like, are you okay? He goes, oh, I was just joking. Like, you can't joke like that. That's a cry for help right there. I know. I know. <laughs> then we're, we are going to try to go to lunch next week, but he can't go to sushi because he went and got sushi in town here, Eric, and it made him sick. And I said, you know, we're not going to get that shit, sushi. And he said he's just, he's turned off from sushi in general. Yeah, I've never had it, but I also never like wanted me. it. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, at the end, it's kind of a thud. But like you said, it's one of those divisive endings that you could end up having one person will like it because it is that you know, downer, but bleak ending. But isn't it just like real life? And isn't that Gotham City? I mean, isn't it Gotham City? I just, I thought it is just Gotham City, but I think it's. I don't not understand always the penguin the in the sewer out of nowhere to get it done, though. It's just such an out of nowhere ending to get your downer ending. Yeah, so I just kind of wish maybe you saw a bang or heard a bang from the distance, and you didn't know. Oh, maybe the boy got out or whatever. A lot of people are hoping the boy. Ended up being like a big villain coming up, but that's yeah. obviously not the case unless they get the Lazarus resin on him, Eric. We don't know. He's the fish man. We never know. Wouldn't it be funny if they do end up trying to do that later down the line, but he never had a name, so you don't know what. He the- did, Jim. It's called the Forgotten. The boys, Eric, I call him still. But, you know, there you go. You could have him be that with a zombie army of those kids, right? Just hanging out. A zombie army of those kids. Why did those kids die? Because they get depressed now they don't have anybody to bring them their popcorn and now they die starvation they don't have anybody to bring them their popcorn their popcorn they don't have popcorn now you, you really think that with the boy dead that killer croc isn't gonna go and eat their asses now they're done the croc is not a bad guy anymore the crocs and and the clay faces a second chancer ah <laughs> oh, yeah well, you know you see you might need a third one now after eating the boy army. Now, the boy himself, he might cry while you, but he's already dead. Crack didn't do that, but he's going to eat him. You think he's going to go eat him? Sweeping the entire Just time. Just to make it the worst, too. It's like you see the exit wound and also all the blood running on the bottom. Oh, the boy. We hardly knew ye. Uh, but what would you give this? I like the art in both the main story and the backup, but I found both the main story and the backup storytelling very underwhelming overall. I'm going to give this a 5.3 out of 10. Yeah, I, I give it a 4. I'm just going to stick with the 4. I was really disappointed. I actually, by the end, I wanted to be proven wrong. And oh my God, I didn't say, but I could. There's no real twist. You get so mad when you're proven wrong, though. Uh, well, but again, if I'm proven wrong, then you're happy, Eric. I'd rather have your happiness. And everybody else would have been excited. And then I could say, Oh, man, that Riddler story may actually work now. Riddle Radio. Riddle me this. I can't wait to these see these riddles when we get there. You say all along you hate the Riddler as somebody who, if you wrote it, because it, it is tough to make riddles. So yeah. We'll have to see. And people want to keep using them, but they give them shitty riddles. I'm like, this is why I wouldn't want to write them, because I don't want to be remembered as the guy who writes shitty riddles for the Riddler. Yeah. Do you think that it'll devolve into, like, jokes, and then we'll get back to that jokes versus riddles thing? Probably. But I don't need that. Yeah. I, it just ended up, this was a shame that it lasted that long. And then ended up thudding at the end. But hey, you know, that's what happens. That's how the cookie crumbles, Eric. But we're going to move on to another story that has been going on quite some time now. But hasn't hasn't been bad. It's been good. And a lot of people are into this. So uh, what is it? Action Comics number 1041, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with the Martian Manhunter backup by Sean Aldridge. We got art by Dale Eaglesham, Will Conrad, Lee Lowridge, and Dave Sharp. And then the backup, Adriana Mello and Hi-Fi. 
So we're going back to War World, and if you remember the previous issue, we had Superman go and get a little bit of energy off a Genesis fragment that's in the wall right there, and he knew that something bad was about to happen while a bunch of Mongols forces were to go and kill the children in the pens, and like, we gotta get back there. And while that was a great cliffhanger in this issue, we decided we gotta go further back in time and go through the lunar rotations of how long our heroes have been here, and right off the bat, I'm like, I don't know what the lunar rotation cycle is here or how long that, that means. So we have that, but this is not an action comics where we're going to go and see Superman, you know, Gladiator of War World. This is we're going to go back and see what Midnighter's been up this whole time trying to save Apollo from the red sun generators in the center of the planet, like, you know, uh, uh, War World. And I'm like, as we go through it, there's some fine moments overall, but it's just when you end on a cool cliffhanger where you see Superman have power to go back in time then just to show you Midnighter ripping people's heads off and just trying to, like, gather his small armies, which you've seen throughout. It's just not as exciting to me. No, it's not. And the, the thing that I thought was a misplay here is, again, we're really into the story. And you end up wanting to see Superman. Superman. And we kept saying, I mean, we still don't know Manchester Black. I mean, there, we don't know exactly what's well, what going on, right? Enchantress. Yeah, Enchantress. So when we're going through this, this ends up feeling like one of those issues of, oh, shit, I haven't told you enough about what happened with Midnighter. But when we do see it, it's nothing that big that I think that you have to have a full issue devoted to it. You could have had a couple panels like we did before. I mean, at one point, Midnighter showed up, said to Superman, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to destroy these things. And he said, we can't. People will die. Just to then go back now to see him planning on doing Let that. Let me show you how I went and did this. Somebody else says, you can't do that. People will die. Almost mimicking exactly what Superman said before. So overall, I think that this could have been solved. As we were going forward with the story, one or two pages each issue, one each every other it's, issue. It's kind of funny, though, as Midnighter goes through, wrecks house, asks questions, you know, starts getting more fist and more questions, slaves on his He asks fist questions. He does. Yeah, about trying to figure out where the power is, where the engineers are who built the freaking red sun generators and stuff like that that power the war world and how to take it. He's just gathering information as violently as he can at this point in time. But he's also with the army he's gathering. It's funny to me because... People keep asking, are you the Superman? He gets pissed off, and he's like, no, I'm not the Superman. I'm fucking Midnighter. I'm going to get shit done because your fucking big blue Boy Scout won't do things. But as he gathers this small army, though, everybody's putting on, like, you know, Superman's shields. I'm like, well, where's the Midnighter shields? This guy's the one going around saving your ass, and you're still worshiping the Superman. And it is a funny play, and Phil Kennedy Johnson made me giggle when he's like, oh, I thought, you know, being compared to Batman was bad, and yeah. not the Superman. But I would love to be compared to Superman. That's just me. But... I thought that the play would have been funny, and you're right on when you end up, and I mean right on, Eric, you end up right on. this army being gathered, I really wanted to see a Midnighter army almost gathering despite Midnighter, like the yeah. idea that he's trying to do things his own way, and I'm going to do this for just Apollo, I don't give a crap about you guys, but that inspired, like almost like the idea that he just talks crap to everybody and then they go, you know what? We like the way that you, we like your moxie. Give us Which hell, is buddy. Funny, though, for the idea that he's getting pissed off that people keep comparing him to Superman because in his time on War World here, it seems that while he is asking fist questions, he's also taken on the habit of wearing a red cape. So I'm like, you brought this on yourself, man. Yeah, and he, and he doesn't take it off. It gets, I think it gets more <laughs> and more as it goes. And the thing is, though, I like the play here, but I don't think Phil Kenny Johnson has developed it enough. And maybe if we would have seen more before or whatever, but Midnighter here, I like seeing Midnighter trying to do something that is kind of selfish for himself, but eventually starts realizing and becoming almost like, hey, I can get used to this Superman stuff. I see that he's inspiring and oh my God, but you never quite get there. It just no. seems like 
just plodding along. It's midnight to just, are doing midnight. Midnight are doing midnight things so that you know that he's going to go and try to free Apollo no matter what. But also in the same deal, showing that Superman's inspiring everyone. But it's a weird play because it should be Midnighter doing that at that point, but they're still using the Superman well, it's deal. It's so funny still- to think about things because we know that Superman is doing World War. I can't even say the word. I keep trying to say World World Gladiator stuff where he's inspiring people slowly through the ideals of hope. But Midnighter's back here getting shit done. But if you go back to Future State, where I think it was like you know, third or actually it was like ten years in the future when this is all going down. I think it was where Midnighter's just still walking the bells yeah, walking of around world, trying to get some shit done. I'm like, yeah, people are just pretty much you know stuck in their rut at this point in time. But hopefully he can get things done faster now because he does plan on freeing Apollo. But if you go and break the the coil binding to the power without another power source, you're pretty much going to kill. A lot of people. A lot of people. And you even bring up at the one point where Midnighter's told, and you get a lot of, like, it's it's a deep dive at some point in this where you're getting a bunch of characters and names and things like that. You're going through, and we're talking more about the chains and Apollo, or uh, Midnighter's trying to tell people, listen, those are leashes. They're not yeah. a trophy. And-, and it's really good writing. I think it's, we've, we've talked about it, but the continuation of it here just really driving it home in these people who are like, you know, think that they are, you know, war zone warriors to a degree when they are just slaves being controlled by the idea of collecting iron and Midnighter just fucking forcing it home because Superman might tiptoe around the bullshit, like try to be nice about it. Midnighter's like, you're on a fucking leash. Talk to me. Yeah. You can do shit without your goddamn iron. And that was iron. the best. I thought that was the best deal here. When they oh, my iron, we're nothing. That's worth more than our lives. He's like, really? Like your, your leash here? And then walks off. But one of the parts of it too, with the idea of Superman and with the hope and whatnot. Now, I could say that you don't really see a lot of these explosions and things on War World before the fact to see how really upset or bad it was. But you do get a kind of like a Star Wars type thing where the kids are sitting around there telling stories again. Like you can tell that the flame is being lit by the, the oh, yeah. inspiration of Superman. And it's well done. I like that. Oh, we saw that from years ago, though, from Foul Log and stuff like that, where everybody, like, all the Felosians tell stories of Superman, keep the hope alive, and one day Superman's going to come to save you, and he actually has. Yeah, and I think this is more, even in the idea of, like, maybe those stories, that's why I'm saying we didn't get much of a setup in between and things like that, but they're telling them again, they're there, they're, they're even not even being as whisper-whisper as they were. They seem to kind of like out in the open more than you know because he's inspiring them and that's fine but the whole issue in my mind it was a bit of a a downer for me getting through it as a whole you know compared to some of the other ones recently but it is him building this world Philip Kenny Johnson really wants to build the people in the world and the whole deal so you have these names and I'm gonna go get you and I'm gonna get but in the end it is just midnight or he wants to save Apollo. Now we know that he's full out gonna try to do that. We're taking down the first Star Forge tonight. Yeah, so and it's the rebellion is all a bunch of lunar cycles that I don't understand, but I have to assume it's longer than I thought it's been. I look at him, I'm like, I don't know what that means. But you end up going and again like in my mind, if I, if I, am I comparing this to Earth lunar cycles where it seems at one point they've been here for like seventeen months? I think already? that they may have even spelled it out at one point, but that's not gonna be something that sticks. But you even have, like I said, the surrogate idea where Midnighter says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. And you end up where this guy comes in and says, hey, I heard you talking to, uh, you know, Steel. What were you saying about this thing you're doing? Oh, well, we're going to blow shit up. Oh, you can't because that'll hurt everybody else. Eh, I don't care. Fuck you. I'm going for Apollo. We saw that before. But at the Apollo. point near the end, they get word that, you know, pretty much we have a bunch of really bad guys coming down here to get rid of all the Felosians. They're going to prove to Superman that there is no hope. Superman giving you hope leads to death. 
And then at the end, you do have Superman come in there looking badass and only me saying, I wish we would have had more of that because he looks cool. Uh, But yeah, and there they are. They're going to fight against all these people. But people are being inspired. The whole thing, there's the uprising is going. So it's pretty cool with that. I I just wanted to see that whole thing because when Superman shows up and he actually has like a midnight or in a small like slave army, army behind him, when these people have come into the cages to kill the slaves to pretty much you know, ruin Superman's heart and his mind. You're like, this is Mongo's whole plan to break the Superman down. But you have all this, and you also have Omac here, who has been a part of Mongo's thing. So you have all this going on. I'm like, this is what I wanted to deal with, and not the history of Midnighter walking the halls of Warworld for the past 61 lunar rotations. I think that the play here, too, is the idea where there's Midnighter, he's going to do whatever he can to get Apollo. Oh, you're going to blow up Warworld. I don't care. I'm going to get Apollo. And then on the flip side, you end up having Omac trying to do whatever they can to get back light ray and maybe we'll go with that next i i don't know we have had things like you know spell out the idea that light ray is at least if you like put the clues together i don't know how much it actually said it but that light ray is the tangent earth flash and that's what like that's who the light ray character is she's dead now but we have no idea oh my i was doing some research earlier today though and it seems that someone somewhere i don't know if it's how much is true because it's one of those wiki situations where anybody can put anything down but I have to assume it's from something like legit to a degree where OMAC is also the OMAC from Earth 11, the tangent universe okay. as well. Well, that would, that would make sense I in the deal of tell me the, that in a fucking comic, though, where I just don't stumble across it. It is the gender swap deal and, and whatnot, so that would kind no, of no, make no, sense. No, I'm sorry. Like uh, Earth 9. Earth 9. I'm sorry. Earth 9, the tangent I universe. Said Earth 11. I did. But, okay. I did. I messed so it up. So it is the ta- But again, I'd like to see that. Maybe it's something that, like, we had this Midnighter deal. Yeah, you went back to see some of the things that he did. Boy, I could really use an OMAC issue. And and if this was an OMAC issue, this Midnighter one feels like, well, we kind of know that. We I know what he was doing, but yeah, you're expanding on it, whatever. Me and you are desperate for OMAC information, well, especially the way this we're is talking set up. about during like the Thank God It's Friday and even this badass spotlight, because the idea where you're just, you know, this is something that DC is doing now. And I actually compared it to the idea of Superman and Authority with Light Ray during the whole conversation of that. We're just throwing out multiversal characters for no goddamn reason whatsoever. So when you have Superman and Authority here, it's like, well, we got Earth-9 Tangent Light Ray over here. Is that World's Flash and stuff like that? Okay, you're doing weird shit, but like, who's this OMAC? Oh, no, it's also a multiversal character. It is weird because, and, and again, this Why? OMAC and stuff. No, we don't tell you that. Came from the Authority book, so it no. wasn't exactly at the beginning Philip Kennedy Johnson's things. But Philip Kennedy Johnson, even in this issue, but even the other things, he's going to minute details for things that, they may not even matter. Like, he's really trying to make this like, man, I want you in this world. I'm really going to show you things. There's the worms. And we're down below. And you end up having the graffiti. And yet, OMAC just sits there. We know nothing about well, them. Well, the and- thing is, I want to know how this OMAC works. Because, you know, usually when you have an OMAC character, the, pa- the character is powered by a brother eye of some sort. And that's what charges the character to give it the superpowers that they have. And if this person is like, you know, taken away from the earth where their brother yeah, like is, the I universe. want to know how it's different and how it works and like what the actual background is. I'd like that as well. And I want to see it. And maybe we will. Maybe it's one of those things that we keep wanting it and we'll get an issue like this one down the line that gives you. But we're kind of need it now because with Omac here going against her, you know, Omac friends has and switched stuff. sides, turned heel. And I'm like, but I don't know anything about and you. And so that's when you're, I'm waiting for the, uh Enchantress in Manchester Black? When you have Omac here, and I, I, I saw some reviews, because I'll read all the reviews, including your own, Eric. And it's like, oh, man, Omac couldn't possibly be doing this because, you know, oh, no, I don't, yeah, I don't know. know nothing. And that's my problem. And I hope that, 
And I, I do trust Bill Kenny Johnson a lot more than I did in the past. I think he's really good in what he's doing with the story. So I'm only thinking that he's using that gray area that we don't know to try to twist and turn to then get to something where we do see what this OMAC is about. And I would, I, I guess that they might be good, but that's me. You know, you have this whole deal where, oh my God, they're with all these guys. It, just turn around and start slaughtering people and, and get them out. Who knows? But we'll see. But I do need more information about that OMAC and even Light Ray. I hope that we get Light Ray and we find out a little Light more. Ray is, Light Ray is. I mean, then that's the thing that we keep saying, but that's all we know. That's all we know. But we end up, that's the end of that first part. Then we get into the Martian Manhunter. Which is very up. disappointing because right where the thing is, I love the last issue's cliffhanger. Superman getting powered up. He's going to try to save some people from Mongolist forces that want to kill kids. And by the end of this issue, we end on the same, same cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Like, yeah, that's it. the worst is when you end with the same deal, but, you know, filling in some blank, I guess, but not that many. But the Martian Manhunter deal, I was I was a little worried and I was upset because me and you have been really into it. And then when I saw and you told me, me and you talked during the week sometimes and you said sometimes. it was a little down from what it is. You said you still like it, but it's a little down. But you well, go with whole that. thing is we continue on with the idea that like Detective uh, Ostrander and Lieutenant Jack Serta are looking into the Vulture thing too, like the two officers with the missing kids throughout this whole thing. They keep looking further into things as Martian Manhunter is and they are captured by Vulture. They think they're going to die, but pretty much we have Martian Manhunter show back up here, save them, tell them to get out of here as he dives deeper into the Vulture mystery where he's trying to uncover their secret base who's actually behind this resurrection of Vulture. But as you do this, because I have loved this backup for the, the way it that so. it's been diving deep into the John Johns freaking, you know, the John Jones back, like background, stuff that people haven't seen or talked about in like 50 years at this point in time, it feels like. So when you do that, you bring all of these things to light and you're making a lot of Martian Manhunter fans happy and you might be making a lot of new Martian Manhunter fans because these are showing you things you never knew about in the past. But when I had this, like, all right, here's Vulture, here's your Professor Arnold Hugo, and the idea that back in the day, years and years ago, when Matt Martian Manhunter was originally looking at Vulture and trying to figure out their connection to Court of Owls, I'm like, all right, I like everything you're doing, and I like the idea that you're saying there could be a connection because the Vulture mass looks very Court of Owls. I, like said, it. I said it twice during the time we talked, but yeah. Batman has only recently found out about the Court of Owls. Don't tell me that Martian Manhunter freaking decades ago was looking into this whole Court of Owls connection. The only the only thing that I can say is you have a sliding timeline, and they're trying to get Martian Had Manhunter. Had to be an offshoot that, like, you know, broke off because the Court of Owls, like, let's just say, like, the Court of Owls, yeah, we do doing Gotham shit, and the Court of Owls went over to Europe to do some other, like, we're doing some vulture shit. Fuck that mouse. Uh, the thing, like I said, Batman, as a young guy, he seemed to have discovered the Court of the Owls and they fooled him. And then he well, thought it was not. Everybody freaking has their freaking Court of Owls rhyme and Gotham and shit like and that. And then when you end up having a, where you ended up having him, oh, it was nothing. But then, oh, my God, later he finds out the deal. I, I don't love the connection uh, having that with it, but. The, the mask did look a hell of a lot like well, what I said before, but them, like Martian Manhunter show up, and there's like you know the Vulture people there, and a bunch of children with Vulture masks. It like, looks like the year of the villains. Of the yeah. It looks like the year that or the uh, the villains month Court of the Owls cover by Gilliam March. I I love that deal. It was one of my favorites, but yeah, and once maybe you have the I'm little kids into it more, like I'm thinking, I just wish it was played up a little bit differently because I like the connection of like you know Detective John Jones over here is going to get to the bottom of what's going on here. And when you have that, just maybe the idea that Vulture, the criminal cartel that he is, you know, has been trying to take down and believe that he did take down, maybe they were inspired by the the rhymes and urban legends of the Court of Owls throughout the whole generation and stuff like that. And that's what they just took it on. That's what he's trying to talk about 
that he was looking into the connection between I don't know it just for some reason the way it was presented we'll to see, me to hear like yeah. oh don't do yeah, that yeah we'll see if they play like even if these guys were like you said offshoots where they got banned or they got kicked out or they thought that Court of Owls is too much in the shadows we want to go I'm just looking for that little girl in the wheelchair that awful little girl in the in the Court of the Owls that was pushing people off I'm the bridge like, uh, but you know the thing is who who pushed her off the bridge into the water I was can't it remember yeah I, I think it was it was, so it was the Joker I don't remember now. it was so awful uh, but when you see those little kids I'm like oh yeah it does and even that whole way they're standing suddenly it just becomes more Court of the Owls and I don't think you needed that, especially with Vulture. But maybe the play is Sean Aldridge is trying to tie it all in together to make like a synergy. But yeah, but ultimately, though, when you like Martian Manhunter does come face to face with Vulture and uh, Professor Arnold Hugo here, we have Arnold Hugo go and create a thing that scrambles, you know, the mind of the Martian Manhunter. So we pretty much subdue him with a neural scrambler, freaking cattle prod, which puts our Martian Manhunter down in the clutches of the Vulture by the end of his back. Yeah, up. look at him. I'm one of those mouse. He's a Dracula's in the middle there. It looks like things. But yeah, he's down. And, and then we go and. He's, he's a freaking monster from John Carpenter's I mean, thing awful, at the end of this. Awful. Uh, but when you get through, and it's a shame but because. Next, the grand finale. Yeah. The big thing has been that we've like both. It's, it's a rare deal that we like the main story and love the backup as well. And then when you have them both kind of thought a little this and not even that, it's just like, eh, okay, it's, it there, just hasn't but, wowed me as much as it has. And this thing is like, it, it hits a little bit rougher because the thing is, I like both the backup and I like the main story. They're just not as as great as they have been previously, even though they are still very good. Both the art and the main story and the backup are both excellent. The, the stories are still really fun. This just this chapter of both these installments just didn't hit as hard as they have previously, and that's why I give this issue a seven point five out of ten. Yeah, I, I think I'm a seven, and that's nothing bad. It's this book has raised the bar for itself, and. When you get something that's a little down, it just is a disappointing thing because I have been looking forward to one of the few books that I really look forward to reading, especially because of the backup combined with it that me and you have had a lot of fun talking about. I notoriously hate backups. This got me so excited when there was a story going on that like was at times in my mind, like I wasn't exactly sold on the war world story at first and the idea like, how is this backup feeling like it's almost better than the main story? But the thing is then the main story just hit really hard as well. I'm like, this is one of the greatest books that DC's putting out it, right but, now. And I think it still is. It's just that you had a little but bit of a downweight. it's not on your forest, Jim. Well, we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> I think that Aquaman that might be off. Yeah, I think it was like a month now. It's been a bit know. because it was the week before the first issue of Aquaman, and we're actually getting the second yeah. one next week. So it's been a bit. But I think that this might replace. Remember when I, I fully said to everybody, I completely forgot about it. And even then, I also forgot about it. I am Batman. I, I wasn't really thinking straight. I was trying desperately to remember books and whatnot. But with that, though, since then, uh, it is one of those things where I'm getting more and more excited about a lot of different books. You're ending up where I have maybe a bigger choices when we end up ever doing the pull list again. I'm going to have some tough choices to make, Eric. But yeah, I'm going to go 7UN75, but we're going to take a little break now, and we're going to be back with three more books. That'll be it for the podcast. I, I don't know if you know this, Eric, a lot of bat-related books this week. I, it every hasn't week, happened every, uh, week. every week, right? It hasn't. Oh, yes, it has. But, yeah, we'll be back with Robin, Deathstroke, Inc., and Harley. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair, blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is Well, that's just every shape. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hubcap. 
spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shay. That is Eric Shea, but Eric, you're looking for a man bat figure uh, recently. Everybody you told is. me. Uh, I mean, is I'm it? looking for one. Like this man bat figure will come out in August. I wasn't going to buy it before, Damn but I decided right. to pull the trigger today. You're looking to get it in that house of yours. You're going to have the man bats. You're going to talk to man bat. What would you say to man bat right now if he was there staring at you? Don't tread on me. That's know. what you would say to the man bat. Don't tread. <laughs> All right. Maybe you could say who ordered the steak. I don't know, Eric. But here we are. We have the last section of books. As we said, we're not. A ton of books this week here on the main show, but we end up having two in a row here. We're going to have Robin the and The Road to the Shadow yeah, War. Deathstroke Inc., and that's my event, Eric. And and really, that is not very fair. Me picking Shadow War, that is pretty much the racehorse that people would expect to win at the end. And it's going to get a lot more issues. I don't know if you saw that checklist. I'm like, oh, there's yeah. a lot of issues involved in this one compared to some of these other events. But I am looking forward to it, and I think... This week's books with Robin and Deathstroke Inc. get me even more pumped up for it as well. But what are we starting with there? Robin number 12, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Roger Cruz, Norm Ratman, Luis Guerrero, and Troy Pateri. And in this issue, we say we bid a fond farewell to the Lazarus Island and all that tournament nonsense because Damian Wayne has decided he's got to get his ass back to Gotham. And you know what? We're going to bring Alfred Pennyworth back to life. Or are we? <laughs> yeah, really. And it's crazy. The idea now, we thought that that's how this whole Robin story was going to end, that it was going to lead to the resurrection of Alfred. I'm starting to think, I don't know. And this is where you start having a bunch of things going on and whatnot. Is this the right time to bring back Alfred? No. If, in fact, we're going to have a dark crisis and that may lead to other things happening anyway. So you bring him back. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe you got to. You know, lay low and then see what's going on. I do like the idea, though, that Damien wants to do it at first and then decides not to. I, I just I really want to like think it. the idea, like, let's just say pretend. Let's play, let's play pretend no, right now, Jim. Pretend. Where Damien goes resur- he goes and resurrects Alfred Pennyworth this time. And for whatever reason, dead this time isn't better. <laughs> he comes back. He's perfect. Right. Like, oh, thank you, Damien. You have brought me back. I am so happy. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on vacation. So he goes out, puts on his best Magnum P.I. costume, and freaking Bruce Wayne is killed by the freaking Great Darkness, and he just sits there and has no idea about and Bruce Wayne's it. death. he loves it. He's like, hey there, I'm just hanging out there. Yeah, it would be funny. One it would good be funny. deserves another. Again, it would be funny. The idea is like, who brought me back? Oh, it's Damien. Okay, let's go kill your father. I hate that guy. Where was he? And also, I need to talk to Dick Grayson. I, I lent him some money, but I need it back. Oh, Just the see. idea, too. It's like Damien brings back, I gave my money to the wrong Robin. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I never updated my will. Ah, uh, yes. Or, but or thankfully, you... though, Jim, this whole thing that we've been dealing with in this Robin run by Joshua Williamson, the idea of elevating the, the character of Damian Wayne past just him being a little shit that everybody hates, him being the worst Robin because he is just a bad dude with a bad attitude. We are elevating him. We're moving past that. And when we have the situation where he decides, this is not the right thing to do. Bringing him back this way, it makes us wrong. It makes us terrible fucking people. I don't want to do that the Alfred. So he puts down the Lazarus resin and he makes sure that he does not do the, like, you know, fall back to Al Ghul mistakes because he wants to be better than his family. Like, that does it. But the problem with that is, in order for us to get to this continued growth of Damian Wayne, which I've personally loved, in order for us to do this, we have to fall back on old tropes because every time a writer writes Damian Wayne, it's this the tropey piece of shit Damian Wayne that I personally hate because we've We've had that for so long. We keep moving past it. Then a new light will come on, and it will just revert back over and over again ad infinitum. 
And when we have the situation, oh my God, Damian Wade is still under the magical control of freaking Mother. So there's some after effects. And I'm like, he just sees the bad demon like Damian Wade. And then he has to fight his own personal demons. I'm like, look, you're bringing this shit back. You're doing it in a hokey ass way. I don't need that. Now with that, we're going to be talking about Deathstroke Inc. next. And it's a shame that this wasn't a part A of a reveal that we'll get in that. Because even at one point, what are you, a clone? Oh, no, no, you're the... You really could have tied this in really well with that to get a little mystery to lead to the next issue. We won't reveal everything of what we're saying now, but most people know what I'm yeah, talking about. Let's but talk about it, but not with to all it. this going, I'm saying when you end up having that clone mention, would have been a cool idea where it just disappears and then we find out who that was. But you end up with this going on, and that's my problem with Damien. And I think that Joshua Williamson has done a great job of elevating Damien and showing that he's better because. What ends up happening, it's a never-ending battle. If you are a fan of Damien, which I am, one of my favorite characters, and you keep trying to convince people because of the couple times, you know, all the Tomasi stuff at the beginning in the Batman and Robin book, New 52. You got to read that. No, no, no. I read all this shit and everything I read, he's a piece of crap, whatever. Well, that's because you read Teen Titans, yeah. And that's the problem is, though, that's almost like when I say to you, Hey, I'm a Simpsons fan. You're like, no, you're not. You only like nine of the 30-some yeah. seasons. And I'd even say eight because I still don't see you as a fan of the first I know. season. Yeah, really. And so, really. And so when you're there, you said about it, it's unfortunately a lot of people are starting to get that idea with Star Wars. Even like I'm, I'm a huge, yeah, I kind of don't that like more than I do. But so when you get Damien, I've never gotten to the point where I'm sitting there, well, I because I know how good he can be and go. But when you start trying to, convince people or argue with them about Damien, they have a lot of ammo in their, you know, barrel there that they can shoot at you about how he's a piece of shit because that's all people ended up doing. Finally, we're getting something that is getting in. And a funny thing, too, just as an aside, when we were going to have the regular 5G, when this was going to be a thing with Dan DiDio, you were going to have the piece of shit Damien being one of the main villains. He was almost like the idea of the, of the great darkness. He was the big bad of the yes, DC universe. Yes, he was the big bad. If people aren't aware of that, he was going to be the big... I mean, this was the Batman 666 come personified right now and then, and they were going to do that. So what so Joshua cool. Williamson is doing, kind of is, but you end up where Joshua Williamson, not only are we not going to get that, but he's now like 180 all the way to make this. And in this issue... After the hokiness of, I'm fighting my dream self. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh-huh. man, that's my bad my guy. My magical bad self of the mind. You actually finally elevate Talia a little Agreed. as well, and that has been a long time coming. And that's, you know why? Because that was always going to be that thing that was going to try to pull Damien back into the darkness. Well, if you're getting him away from that, the hell with it. Get Talia out of it as well, because you don't need that anymore. And in the way where Batman's kind of the dick now, and I, I like that whole deal and race kind of being a little underhanded here as well which you would expect but i really like it and the idea of this robin book it's starting to feel like sometimes when we talk about certain books say a super sons that we had before where i just like the characters so much that i can overlook a lot of the things going uh-huh. on because when you have connor at the beginning i love connor oh, i was seeing him here like, that's cool. It doesn't do anything. Connor Hawk, for yeah, anybody Connor Hawk. To, you're, yeah. you're not really doing much, but I like that interaction. And it's almost like that this book is just the, hey, you like Damien? You like these characters, Flatline, all these? Let's have some fun with them and go. I do need more going forward, but this does set up stuff for the Shadow War and reminds me when we get to Deathstroke Inc., that had a wonky start, too. Joshua Williamson has always been a guy who we always say can start strong. But his endings end up, you know, being sus. But this actually, 
I don't know. Maybe he's learning because these stories have actually gotten better as they've gone on in both of these books. That gets me excited for the Shadow War. The problem with it now is, and I think his his whole play now, he just doesn't end things. So he can't have bad endings. They never end. It's just this sets up that. This eventually has to end things. So. For when you start this whole thing off, because you are putting a pin in what we're currently dealing with in the Robin book so we can move on to the Shadow War. And then eventually we could probably get back to the idea of like Connor Hawk and Flatline and all the characters that we have loved like, you know, learn to love going out through the Lazarus Island tournament, but it seems weird that everybody's getting on a boat to go back to their day-to-day normal lives outside of the tournament, when in the previous issue, Talia goes like, y'all bitches gonna join the League of Shadows, and we're gonna kill you, because Flatline is going back to Lord Deathman, present herself to her master and stuff like that, but doesn't seem like maybe because she's Damien's girlfriend, maybe, but maybe she got amnesty from the idea of joining the League of Shadows. Talia's like, you know what? I don't want Lord Deathman on my ass. You can go back and do whatever you want. But that Black Swan bitch, she's on my team. The, the funny thing about it was, and it's a weird play, especially the, this, the League well, of Shadows. Yeah, yeah. As this goes, it's weird because remember when you ended up having Talia getting mad because Damien said, Hey, me and my friends, we're going to go here. And then she turned around then and talked to the rest of them and said, Hey, you bunch of nonsense deal. It is weird that she just, uh, Oh, they're his friends. So I'll let them be. But yeah, it was more of like, you know, crazy characters that were in the back, stuff like that. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out and what goes on. But saying goodbye to Connor flatline is giving him a wink as she gets on a boat to leave Lazarus Island and Damien, he has his own plan, like I said previously. He needs to get his ass back to Gotham and try to resurrect Alfred Pennyworth. And to do that, he's going to do one more time to stick it to his Al Ghul family by stealing one of their airships and just going joyriding back home to Gotham City, which will lead his mother, Talia, also to follow him because it's also she's pissed off that, you know, her son stole her goddamn air ride here. But also she wants to have a better connection with her son, who she previously years ago had and killed and stuff like that. So she's moved past this. Ray seems to have moved past this. But, you know, with what we have going on right now with the road to the the shadow war, what we see in Deathstroking and stuff like that, while we look at this Rachel Ghoul and this Talia Ghoul, and I think to myself, that like, you know, man, these people are great. Look at sexy Rachel. Look at Talia wanting to be a mom again. And then you get the story in Deathstroking, like, these pieces of shit. Why did I ever <laughs> so root for like, them? What a bunch of and it, it is funny. I love Alfred gets, you know, revived. He ends up coming back from the dead. And he's like, where's my money? And, oh, well, you left it for Nightwing, right? Was he a and, this, all of a sudden? and he's like, hey, hey, where's my money, bitch? You end up where he goes, where's yeah, my money? Better. Nightwing says, hey, it'd be funny. I'm telling you, as the toothpick out, a little Razor Ramon tribute there. Hey, where's my money? Uh, you end up where Nightwing says, Dick Grayson's like, oh, I, I got it. I donated it all around the place like you would want. He's like, I, I would want. You didn't see me spending that shit. I, I, that's why you had it, you jerk. I just wanted you to keep it. Uh, but you Think end about up the where children. The, the hokey deal of this is that he's fighting the of the mind, bad Damien. It's very the hokey. Thing is, I kind of wish he looked like his former Damien Wayne Robin costume kind of look. But like what you have here is a strange evil pixie Damien that he's fighting himself. Who's the bad version? Like, I don't know why his evil magical version of himself looks is like dressed like this, but he looks weird. It's Legolas's like lost cousin. When, when you end no, up Legolas didn't a- look this goofy. No, that's true. He's a sexy man. You end up where I wish that you had this going on. And then we just kept popping to a random panel of Talia watching Damien fight nobody. <laughs> He's like throwing himself into the grave and stuff. My son is more gone than I thought. She's sitting there like giggling. And then this assassin behind her giggles and she slices their throat. Because 
they're not allowed to giggle. But this is the reason that, she, like, you know, Talia has she actually fallen because there, so. exactly. Well, she was talking to Rache before Damien Gang the ride. The idea that they were worried that Mother Soul's magical effects might have an after effect is still lingering within Damien. Seems a little hokey. It seems a little forced. But this is the whole idea that Talia does follow him back, and she is there to help him after Damien does conquer the fear of his evil self and you know bringing back alfred pennyworth because this is what the al ghouls do and this is why the al ghouls are damaged and he can't do good conscience because he is the boy wonder he does not want to change alfred into and like you know what they deal. are i love the idea because you end up joshua williamson is going to play this trope again where there's damien all right we're going to do this dance again she's there you came you're mad at me not just about that airship or whatever but let's just cut to the chase lady I mean, really, let's fight. It's to the death. That's what we're going to do. You know this is what you want to do. Let's go right now. To the death, mother. And he swings at her. She doesn't. Now, this is a furious Damien, but it's a Damien, I think, that just thinks he has to do this. This is the only way that he ever interacts with his mom anyway, and he doesn't like it, but this is what we're going to do. This is what our goals do. I think that we got to do something else. And he does like, and it is, it's right on the money when he says, you know, Rache hates his mom. You hate Ray. I, you know, this, this is, is our how legacy. it goes. And she says, no, and he says, and it's a big point. I, it's an Eric Shea deal. Oh, no. I'll, ne- I'll never have kids. He said, I'm stopping it now. I will never have well, kids because I don't want this to keep going. So it's done. And I think that upsets Talia. And also she then says, no, how about we stop this now? How about, you know, I'll be your mother. has been broken for centuries. We can break the cycle together. I would like it if you stayed with me, not as a weapon, but as my son. Which Damien is so taken aback. Like, I don't know what to do now. I'm confused. This is something you can't punch, right? Uh, You got to hug it. But he ends up saying, I'd be open to that. And I think that that actually is a well done little deal. He doesn't say, yes, mommy. And, you know, this is somebody who is so intelligent and has gone through so much. But it is almost in my mind the way the art plays it off as well. It's like a relief. It's like a a burden off him. It's not just the idea. Oh, I wanted to hear that all my life or whatever. This is something now he can put behind. And he is putting a lot of that darkness behind, which is good. And that's why I like this series so much. And with that. He already said, I don't want to bring back an Alfred that has that darkness. So it really works out where you do end up. And really, as this goes on, I want I can't wait for Alfred to come back. And a lot of people say, I can't wait for him to see this this Damien and see how much he has progressed since he ended up, unfortunately, getting his neck snapped right in front of him and see that he has grown on his own and done that. I, I think that it's really well played through all of that. And then you then go and we have we have the couple of these epilogue endings or whatever. And you're like, oh, man, I like Flatline. What happened? Why well, does he have the thing too? I always go with the idea of like you can never trust anybody's significant other and or girlfriend or boyfriend. What we have here, because even Ty is like, I don't like that Flatline. David's like, I don't care, mother, because I do. Back in Tokyo, Japan, when she does return back to Lord Deathman here. The idea seems that she was actually sent there all along to get the heart of Damian Wayne, and she kept it after she ripped it out of his chest during one of the first fights that they had, and now it's in the hands of Lord Deathman, who seems to have wanted the blood of the demon all along with Damian's ripped-out heart that grew back. Ripped-out heart there. and <laughs> So whether or not it's going to be a spell to control them, you're going to grow themselves another freaking Damian Wayne, who knows at this point in time, but Flatline has, you know, and she might care about Damien, but she broke his heart. Yeah, look at She stole it. She gave us I mean, and you see Lord Deathman and the very next day she gave it away. She did. I, oh my God, last Christmas. I need more Lord Deathman. 
he cracks me up He's here. So he great. looks badass. That's so though. cool. Oh my God. Looks so, so cool. So the big play at the end of this part is what does he have planned? I'm telling you, Shadow War ends. I want to go straight in the Lord Deathman bullshit. Yeah. Oh my God. Seriously, just as an aside, how much I like this part of the ending. I ended up getting that bat manga, just got it out again to look through it to see crazy <laughs> Lord Deathman makes me laugh so much. But is it the Jirakawata Batman? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we have to we have to figure out like what does he want with that heart? We're gonna have a little bit to talk about next issue about that as well. But we continue with the epilogue still going on where we see Raish and Mother Soul, and we find out that Raish and the Lazarus pits they're off, and Raish is dying, and he doesn't have a way. And again, to it's keep one of those going. things where like I like this Robin book a lot, like the Action Comics. I think it's one of the best books that DC's currently putting out. But when you have to fudge things to get it to what you need to do, where you have crazy ass Mother Soul talking about the pits are cursed, my son. The demon being freed unlocks something in your science, didn't so. We have to go with the idea that even though these are things, the Lazarus pits are something that the Earth has always had and actually keeps the Earth alive, it has to go back to Rachel Ghoul science that created them. And now the science has been poisoned and the demon being freed is going to screw all this, but Rachel Ghoul is dying. And I'm like, and it's, it's a funny uh, deal with that, with that really. It just, it's, it feels big, but really it's, it's all race. This is all to set up race or whatever and, and go because. You'll just end up having it. If you want Lazarus resin pits <laughs> and all this, yeah, and she's just insane and laughing it up. But there's that sexy race there's again, though. Holy moly. <laughs> oh, but I still know, my God. I still like it, though. I, I still like the no, moment. I like a lot of this, but like the idea that the majority, or not the majority, but a big part of our story here is Damian Wayne still being under the effects of magic that weren't seen at all pretty much last issue, but just come out of nowhere. He has to fight his demon self with the mind who just looks like a pixie boy. It's silly. And then you go back to the idea of, you know, your science created the Lazarus Pits. And now you're dying, my son. I'm like, look, I want to get to the Shadow War. I really do. I like all the progression that you're doing with Damian Wayne, but you spent a lot of this issue just reminding us of that Damian Wayne that we want to move past. I'm like, you're doing one step forward and two steps back here. Then hopefully and she's just do one it. more step forward. You know, just get us back to where we were. But this is a lot of meandering around with concepts that I thought we'd move past by this point in time. And I want to move past, but I do look forward to the Shadow War. The art's great in this issue, but I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go 8. I'm a little bit more positive just because of the moments. And boy, the, the art is really good. And when you see Lord Deathman, I'm like, I that's a figure I might even get, Eric. They might call it Skeletor, but still, I want to get a hold of that. But we're going to move to the next issue, which continues. And we're going to talk a bit about some of the things we've just talked about, especially with the whole idea of Damien and things with Deathstroke Inc. number seven. And it is written by Joshua Williamson with art by Steven Segovia, Hi-Fi, and uh, Steve Wands, it says there. And we start <laughs> off here. I just, I had it written very oddly. Uh, you Steve end up, O. Wandizio. Yeah, Steve O. Oh. Wands. Hey, what are you doing there, the Steve Wands? We end up where we start with the weirdest little flashback. Hey, Eric, then. Hey, take this shot. There's I'm like, oh, really was quick. I mean, then cool. and now, like, shot, and now we're in Sandy. I'm like, well, that was quick. But you end up where I thought it was funny. It, they don't really play it off what it really feels like Batman 66, that Rose and, and Respawn are going up that oh, building. Scale and building. I really, I just expected, like, you know, Bob Hope to stick his head out or something, but he's better. But Drake opens the window. Oh, it'd be awesome. Drake, Drake, Lady Gaga. Hey there, everyone. Uh, you end up where they're going up and they're trying to get. And you have Rose saying, I think that my dad's involved in some wacky stuff. 
Let's oh, see yeah. what's going Zandia on is here. A rogue Zandia nation. is it, bad. It, it's pretty much a supervillain country where everybody looks the other way. But I like, don't Wallace, think she expected it to be this bad. Lawless. Enough money changes hands to the government of the world. Stay out of it and stuff like that. But if my father is setting up camp here, it's bad. It's so lawless. They call it Lucy. You end up where no. they look in. And no, they don't. <laughs> There's a bunch of bad stuff. You end up, you know, the typical deal. You end up having. Oh, you got Toy Master and Gunsmith going through what, you know, the uh, trust had previously. Like, like, hey, put more guns on that. Then you end yeah. up where Prometheus is trying to whip into shape these losers. He's like, hey, if you want to be part of the armies, you got to get going. Well, so it looks bad. Too, I, don't, I don't look at these, you know, wannabe supervillain assholes of Xanu have come here looking for chills and thrills who are going to be a part of the secret society. Like. I guess Destro can just take anybody at this point in time. I mean, I'm looking at Prometheus. is like, what's your power there? Orange jacket and cap? And he's like, well, that's kind of my power. I have an orange jacket and a cap. Uh, but they end up going and there, you get that little deal. Hey, we were on Last Asylum. Maybe we should have stayed there. This seems, uh, you know, scary, whatever. And they do go in to try to find Slade. He finds them. Ravager and Respawn yeah. looking for Slade Wilson in Zandia at Deathstroke Inc. Well, we finally have a Deathstroke yeah, Inc. in yeah. this book. So Deathstroke grabs Respawn from behind, and right away, and it's a weird play right away, hey, what are you doing here, Damien? And you're like, what's going on there? That that seemed odd for me, the idea, but I guess that Slade, because of the body proportions, things like that, he just can say, oh my god, that looks like Damien, why are you wearing that outfit? And really going with the idea that it is Grant's outfit with just a little extra red uh, going yeah. on, so he's pissed. It's, it's I know it's a weird situation. A Some lot of things this are whole a little thing. forced in this. I'll admit it. Even going into this, from how we're dealing with Deathstroke and stuff like that, I can understand people wanting to get together to make sure that a Legion of Doom never happens again, a Perpetua never happens again. If you have to get bad guys to join up to make sure that other bad guys don't fuck up as bad as you, I can understand that. But everything that Deathstroke has done up to this point, pretty much leading into what we are, where we are in Deathstroke. Being, doesn't feel like Slade Wilson to me. And now that we're fudging the whole idea of Respawn, because we're finally going to unmask him and realize that, oh my God, Respawn is actually the a pseudo-clone of Slade Wilson, but he is almost like the son, like Damien is to Bruce Wayne, where parts of his DNA were mixed with Talia's DNA by Ra's al Ghul to pretty much make the son of Slade Wilson and Talia al Ghul, which we dealt with previously where... The idea back in Deathstroke versus Batman during Deathstroke's book where that priest was writing, we toyed with the idea that Slade was actually Damien's father because that was like the second one on the list. If you can't get Batman, you get Slade Wilson because he's the other best in the world. And this is essentially what Respawn is. He is the son of, of Slade Wilson and Talia Because the combo then is that Raish wanted him not to be the replacement. He's actually an organ donor for the most part and maybe a failsafe. pseudo healing factor that he has as well from his father. Then he, Raish seemed to think that if he can end up doing things, he also wanted to have that healing factor maybe involved with Damien or if he needed to use Respawn as the thing if Damien failed, whatnot. And the, I like the idea though, and again, it is very much like that deal from that Hey, Damien is your kid slate. It's a little reverse deal, but which I'm fine with. But the problem with Deathstroke Inc. This issue for me though is like you have this sort of like reveal, and I think it's a pretty cool reveal. But I feel like we gloss over a lot of stuff to get a very convenient storytelling going on here to move past all the bullshit you'd want to know about. Like, oh man, the respawn was created, and then he was held in like by chains for years and years by Rachel Gold, being an organ donor that his heart would grow back if Damien needed a new organ or something like that during his training and fighting, and then eventually. Race didn't come back, and I escaped. And you then you know what I did? I found Grant Wilson, the Ravage, original Ravager's old hideout, and I took his stuff, and I became the respawn. I'm like, 
How the fuck did you find that? Well, he seemed to have trained a bit, and then he got and grabbed. Even the idea he of training, it. like who trains you, and to the point where you're on a freaking island fighting for the death for the best fighters in the world. You have lived your life hanging from a chain for the majority of it. So seems at like one point it seemed like he did say that he ended up, you know, joining the League of Assassins kind of deal. They trained me, went all over the place. But what I do think that is pretty cool is that. The reason why also Raish ended up using him and using this DNA from Deathstroke is because all those clones couldn't survive. They all, all ended those up freaking dying. terrible monster clones that we saw that didn't die but wish they were. So I think that that's a little, and it, maybe it wasn't played out as much, that I think that that originally is just that idea of if we have this blood with the healing factor in it, it will allow this clone to survive unlike the rest of them. It does, and then he comes up with this plan, you're just an organ donor, and when I said earlier about the deal, I also imagine that the that racial one day, like we saw previously in pre-Flashpoint continuity, when Race was able to, you know, get himself a new body through his son and stuff like that, where like he did die and had to come back. That one day respawn would be the idea that, like, even when we see that Race is dying in the freaking uh, the Robin book and stuff like that. Is respawn something that he put together with a healing factor so that he could just transfer his consciousness and soul into this body one day? That's exactly what I think it is now. And I don't think it was originally, but I think that that is now kind of going to be the play. I think the Shadow War is going to have a big deal about that idea of him trying to transfer his body into respawn, that sort of thing. But when you get that Lord Deathman at the end of the Robin issue, he's yelling and screaming, oh, my God, look at this heart I got. It looks like it's Respawn's heart, probably. Exactly, because in this issue, when Damien was young, at some point during his training, his heart was damaged, and Ra's al Ghul used Respawn to take his heart as an organ donor and put it in his, his Damien's. So while Damien has had this heart in his chest for a while, and then Respawn's healing factor allowed him to grow another one, the heart that is taken might be going it forward. Might be respawn. respawn. So whatever the Lord Deathman wants to do, and he plans on, I have the the heart of Damian Wayne, the Robin, the boy wonder, and I'm going to do this, and then freaking respawn, is taking control over, drops dead because they're like, what the hell is this? And that's the weird thing. What does? And that's a great twist. What does Lord Deathman want from that? That's the big play. He says, I have the blood of the demon. Like, yeah, but but you don't have the blood of the demon that you think yes, you if have. If you're making a clone, if you're trying to do some wacky control, it's not going to be Damian. This is probably respawn's heart, and that might throw. A little bit of a wrench into that and yeah so i'm looking forward to see what that does and you the the play here and why we did robin first and then this the player is you legitimately of the one thing you see is this heart being taken to yeah. give to damon so that's pretty big now with that i kind of like that idea that damien might have a little tiny bit of the healing factor because he does take a lot of damage and things it's not going to grow back limbs or anything like that because that's not how it works but i like that it may toughen him up a bit to kind of explain some things but even so you end up where he's jealous of damien he's looking at he had all the privilege he had that essentially the whole thing when you look at it, it's like the whole idea of like you know bart and his evil twin hugo hugo gets put up into the freaking like the uh the attic because he's the evil twin or whatever it is pretty much you just have this idea where damien has a freaking brother it's almost like a twin brother to a degree in the same home that he lives in has lived his entire life who is kept in chains. And all this kid respawn gets to do is see how well Damien is treated. He gets everything. He gets to go off and live with Batman. And he's like, I get nothing. And he was a piece of shit this whole time. I'm going to get my revenge, not only in him, but on Rachel Gould. And during our time in the league of Lazarus and then working together, he realized that Damien Wayne has changed. He doesn't need to hate him. But in this issue, as he is paired up with Slade Wilson, telling his stories, like I am going to kill that fucking Rachel. Gould <laughs> yeah, when I yeah, see him. Yeah. And, he ends up where, again, he sees Damien, who's gotten everything, all the, not even just privilege. 
he's gotten his heart and his other organs like and he's still a brat and he's so mad but then once he but gets he to meet has him changed he's grown it's funny it's not even fully the change in my mind it's that he sees that yeah, he don't like race either, and race really treated him like shit. So, it's such a great idea, this kid though. I think it's a where, great idea. I, where I really he like does it. want this revenge on Race Ghoul, but even when Talia and Race showed up on Lazarus Island to take down Mother Soul, he was scared because being confronted by Race Ghoul again for the first time, like I want my revenge, and then we sees him, we got to get out of he here, Rose. His we got to get out I of mean, here. He, he crapped himself because yeah, when you you can talk a big game, but then when you see this guy, and, and legitimately, I mean. You can sit there and say he was it was beyond torture. I mean, it was awful. And so he wants revenge. Now, with that, all of this stuff with Deathstroke and whatnot, I'm saying right now, Deathstroke is not right. He is off his rocker, especially when he just ends up. Come here, my boy. I mean, he is so desperate to have Grant back that he is going to well, fudge is such the a deal. Weird situation where, again, that's what I was getting at before, the idea that Deathstroke Slade Wilson does not feel right. No, right. I think he is, that he's insane right now. He is willing to accept Respawn as his son like immediately right here, like, you're never going to be alone again. I'm sorry for what they did to you. The idea that he left Rose and Joey and Adeline and like Wintergreen previously at the end of the Deathstroke run because he couldn't have this, the idea that Grant was killed because, I'm like, Look, the thing is, yes, you, you've like felt bad for Grant for a long time, but Grant was a piece of shit. You treated him like a piece of shit. You were a piece of shit to Grant as well, but this was years ago that Grant died. You have moved past I, this. I think that it's more than that, that here. It's all come back here to Grant. I'm like, you don't feel right at all. I, I'm telling you, the whole idea of this, I don't think it's just that, oh, Grant, Grant, Grant. I think that he said, and we saw it in Deathstroke book, you know, Priest book, where he tried, and even at the beginning of this, he's tr- he tried to do good. And that still didn't give him what he was missing. And it was grand. It's always the idea that he let his son, the idea he's a piece of shit, whatever. But that's something that he can't get over. And he thought he could by having the family. And he realized it's not doing it. I'm, I'm out. But then says, big thing with Deathstroke Inc. here is, you know, I, I saw something. There's bad stuff coming. And we, we have the this. Great darkness is coming. Now, you do push it a little. And I thought because Rose doesn't necessarily see that far in the future. But he does no. say, listen, I know why you went to that Lazarus Island. I know what you were doing because you don't think that your, you know, prognosticating powers Pre-talk are working. Powers. Because you look ahead and you see nothing. But that's what's coming. The annihilation of everything. So we have to do something. Join with me now. Let's go. Let's not try to pretend we're this, you know, the Slade happy family or whatever. Let's get everybody back together, but in this form, and let's go kick some ass and stop all this nonsense. Rose won't. Rose doesn't want to do that. She's more of a hero now. And she has progressed. And that's the thing that I like, the idea that she is now a hero where Slade's just going back to nonsense again. And he does seem off, but I think he might just be going completely insane. And you end up having even him. she says, like, there's something wrong with you. And even when she's going to go fight her father here because of what's currently going on, she has teamed up with Respawn, the idea that he is family and he's never got to be alone again. She says this to him when she's bringing him to Slade Poor to Rose. introduce him to his father and stuff like that and vice versa. But Respawn just betrays her and throws her out of a fucking window of a high rise. And so it's like, you know what? You're my boy and all, but she's not going to be happy about that. When she gets her like bearings back, she's going to come back for you. And she's going to kill you because that's what I that's would do. That's what I would do. And the funny thing is, is that me, my boy. there's there's respawn who just throws her out the window 
Because that's kind of something he would do, and he's a clone. Now let us train, let us prepare, my son, and then we kill everyone who gets in our way. They're all trying to escape this slave nonsense, but they can't. They can't escape your and blood. Rose, though, gets thrown, and yeah, she'll come back, but hopefully... But as we're talking about all the things about Slade, whether or not he's right or not, Shadow War precognition is going in, We like I just don't feel like we have to, uh, talked about enough... We have a brother to Damian Wayne here, the new son of Slade Wilson, half-brother of Damian Wayne. It's amazing in my mind. I don't like the name Respawn, but I want to know what his actual name is. Like, what are we going to call him outside of Respawn? And again, this I is something where he that. probably never had a name. He's like the boy. They wouldn't have <laughs> named him. So I hope that he gets to pick a name eventually and says Alfred. You think, you know, Slade is just going to, you think Slade is just going to go completely crazy when he starts calling him Grant? I, yeah. I think that Slade is off his rocker. I don't think that he's Grant being, I don't think he's being written wrong. I think that he is completely insane, and I hope that we see that something's wrong with him. And so all of that going on, again, you I'm glad you brought it up because this is the other thing about this. Just the story, it does have – just like the Robin story where he's fighting his, you yeah. know, of the mind and stuff. There, It's hokey. You, you kind of get to some things. The idea that Slade right away, come here, my boy, and, and okay, but you get to where you want to go. But like We had a whole arc about the whole idea of Slade and Damien and stuff like that. And just when you have this going on, like, he is just so angry, though, to sort like – fucking yeah. tell yeah. you <laughs> i love it but he's like oh my she promised me so it does and that's the other thing it does reference and it's great too because we talked about it during that the idea if you can't have batman slade as the second best suitor you'd have for like a bloodline like you that. said it again because people have to realize like this is not out of nowhere this is the idea that yes if you know the whole deal with talia if she couldn't get batman she would go to slade and just never did and it was the idea Oh, he really would have been crazy then. That Damien would have been off. Now you get him. And in a way that it wasn't Talia, it's evil race trying to do things, using him as an organ donor. But you get a dark brother of Damien as Damien is now starting to be good. And when I, I like mentioned it. it before of where 5G was going to have this Damien Wayne that was going to be bad, there's a chance that at least we're going to have something like that. And you're going to maybe... Whatever it goes, whatever, because Respawn looks like he's now going full off bad with his dad, right? Or, you know. Well, the thing is, is it full off bad when you have a secret society that is trying to save the world? Again, that's the gray area, but you have a connect. Like Damien, he has some of his own little, you know, rogue steel and whatever, but it, now we're starting to build friends and things around him. Now we have Respawn, that's a weird com- combo brother. It's really cool and it's really expanding. Damien's side of things with all and bringing Rose and that usually can bring in say Jason that there's some really cool stuff going on Jericho. that I really like I just sat there and when he's like come here my boy Jericho is somehow painting in the corner like he does and he's crying a little tear just like to imagine there's Jericho he's just thinking about he has a new brother and he thinks about how his father was banging his ex-fiance yeah, yeah. you know what Jericho would do he just this family's he fucked. would just project himself into re- and just live as re- I'm gonna get my daddy's love some way oh my goodness <laughs> and we haven't seen Jericho in a while so we'll see what's going on I don't think it's been since the end of Deathstroke yeah, and I I really I like this I, I liked it because of the the idea of respawn I never thought that that was what was going to be the reveal. We thought it was going to be that name. Yeah, I, I don't like it either. And it, it is funny because I don't know that Slade likes it. He hates the costume. All these things going on, but 
I we thought that it might be Grant back. We thought it might be this, even just a plain out clone of Slave, but adding and that kind of it's a combination deal. of all yeah, those it things. Is, and that's why I thought it was really, we really didn't bring cool. A, an Al Ghul combination into that mix and stuff like that, but for the most part, is it a clone of Slade Wilson? Is it a son you never know? Yes, it's all been a weird combo that I really, really like. Then you get the epilogue, and this is crazy too because all along since the whole death metal the infant we keep hearing the idea of listen we're gonna get like slate we're gonna get the secret society because you know we can't let that thing happen like the legion of doom they were such nuts but we kept every time you hear it you're like well they're not really around anymore like that was done we see that's not the case here and no. i thought it was crazy like you end up having lex getting his fingers in so many of the pies around. Lex is coming back from bad knees after that batman arc that we had joshua williamson doing which is fun the references in here because it is joshua williamson talking about it where you have lex come back to lex tower and stuff where there is a gigantic conference call of freaking giant video screens of the legion of doom talking about we got to take care of the slade wilson and on the screens you have a sinestro a gorilla grad a black manta and a cheetah black manta feels weird now because of what we're currently doing but also there's a, a call that never went through with the joker which <laughs> joker. is fun because he's still on the team he doesn't answer because of what he's doing joker stuff or you just don't call his ass because hey you're still on the team and everything's cool we just don't like you don't talk about it but and even cheetah feels weird for what she went through in deathstroke and in our mind to lead to suicide squad where she's then sucked to the phantom yeah. zone you end up there though the weird thing about that is like they're using her intel that they got from slate from this yeah. book and so that was cool but the funny thing about this is is every time you would have anybody, even people around the multiverse, and saying, you know, we can't let these bad guys, that Legion of Doom, the Legion of Doom, and it was always almost like a metaphorical deal. We can't let that type of situation happen Agreed. again. We can't. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, it, it, it isn't the just metaphorical. The Legion of Doom is here, and they want to take a, have a war with the freaking secret society. Yeah, so the idea of Lex coming back, getting his money back by being, you know, the piece of shit that he is, and still not learning his. Which is a crazy concept where you have the Legion of Doom sitting here when Lex gets back from Badnesia during his Batman Incorporated phase. With his suit on, but, the sexy but, suit. Yeah, his sexy-ass suit that I love to see Lex and he's all like, patience, guys. Let's see what kind of trouble Slade gets into first. And the idea that the concept of the Legion of Doom and Lex Luthor here, it says the end, to be continued in Dark Crisis. I'm like, what fucking Legion of Doom nonsense are we going to have in Dark Crisis? Is the Legion of Doom going to have to team up with everybody else to take out the Great Darkness and the Just League is dead? I don't. I guess they're just going to do it's like they the did the Secret before. Society, the Deathstroke Inc., the Legion of Doom, the Titans and our new Just League all getting together if we can take on the Great Darkness because the the Just League that they we know and love, really they're be, gone. They seem to be really everybody hinged on the idea that all of this really became came to a head because of Lex and the Legion, and they keep so I don't know. I don't know if Lex just gets, get me the Great Darkness on line three. They're like, I'm in. And then all I want to be the Great Darkness's cast. Hey, Great Darkness, you ever hear of this perpetual bitch? She screwed me. You better not screw me. Then all of a sudden, they're going to vote on Doom versus Justice. There. I have it all. Uh, I really like seeing Sinestro there. I'm like, oh, what are you doing there, Sinestro? Look at you hanging. What have you been doing? He's just been sitting there banging freaking like a. Uh... I don't know, Daxamites on his freaking new <laughs> that, corridor. That's what he's doing. When Tino Lantern's not invading that's the White House. He might be doing. I don't know. We haven't had him, obviously, in the Green Lantern book uh, much, so he's just hanging as everybody else does his work for him and stuff. We had him at that one point, but he kind of just was hanging. But yeah, he's involved. Everybody's involved still. So and that is the deal. We haven't had that Green Lantern book in a while. And, and unfortunately, yep. I think it's coming to an end soon. So 
we'll end up seeing how that is. But what would you give this book? I like the art a lot in this book, and I like the story that's dealing with Respawn and the, the re- reveal of who Respawn is and what that means going forward. It's just a lot of this whole thing feels like it feels weird for the idea of how Deathstroke's acting. There's a lot of forced narrative for Respawn to become who he has to be for a big reveal to make sense here. Like, all of a sudden, like, I got out of the League of Assassins, then I found Grant Wilson's secret hiding spot, and I made myself a costume. And then I fought for a little while, and the League of Lazarus found me to take me to a tournament. I'm like... All right, this is a lot of like, you know, fast forward bullshit here that I would have liked to see and explain to a better degree, but it is what it is. But because of these like elements that feel forced and out of place, I do like the idea of the War of Shadows because Slade Wilson wants to go and take this out of Rachel Ghoul's face for doing this to his sonny boy, and I'm a whole about it. But the way this issue progressed here, I wasn't a huge fan of overall, but I still like it 7.5 out yeah, of 10. I'm an 8, and when you get into this, this is one of those things. There is some stuff that keeps getting fudged. They are, and it does seem in like the Robin book even, and in this, to get to different things. I do think that there was a point where maybe these things might have had a little more room. I think DC is telling to step on the gas here because we got to get to this dark crisis and start getting things changed because of how bad some of the books are doing and whatnot. So if it does play out at this Shadow War, and you know that the Shadow War is just going to end by saying, you know, coming up next, Dark Dark Crisis. That's what you keep doing, but... In that weird way where it doesn't feel the same as back in the day when you said a lot of books would have hints, hints, hints. It's starting to do that. It's just un- unfortunate that some of them are fudged in the books or quick and not explained well. But we we are getting some things to set up what's coming up in Dark Crisis and things like that. So I'm excited about that. But we're going to end with one last book here. And it is the old Harley Quinn, Eric. You love the Harley Quinn. It is so Harley, your favorite characters. Harley Quinn about? number 13. I'll, I'll mention that in a minute. It is a new arc. It's the verdict part one. The verdict is in, Eric. And we you have, know, I have a Harley Quinn poster that I've never put up. You know what? You should probably frame that and put that in your basement right next to your recording area. I could. That would be awesome. I don't know where. I mean, can you tack things up to, you know, on mold? I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Well, we'll do it. Written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Riley Rossmo, inks by Jay Leiston, colors by Ivan Placencia, and letters by N World Design. And so we end up going from, and I really want to stress the idea that this whole deal comes from the Hugo Strange into the keepsake deal. And now we're going to end up trying to tie it in. And I don't know that we're going to end up like, it doesn't feel like this involves anything with Magistrate or keepsake even though you tried to get it going because this new character i don't know it's it's just not hitting with me well look the whole thing with the you know, we are dealing with the verdict now but the idea of what fear state was and how holly Quinn was going to tie into that because we mentioned the man we mentioned the magistrate here keepsake hugo strange i will say that while this book was a far cry from a proper tie into a big gotham city event it did way more than detective comics did with mouth monsters it's funny too because I ended up where where Mariko Tamaki ends up having her own version of Mouth Monsters in Detective, but then that carries on to try to tie it. Nonsense. But in this, and I, I don't know if I said it, but when you had the Scarecrow show up in Detective at the end of the Tower deal, yeah. I think that's when she finally realized that there was a fear state. Like, oh, what? shit. Oh, my God. Here it is. <laughs> the Scarecrow. Because she never dealt with it before. But in this, yeah. And I still think, even with that, I think that Stephanie Phillips came up to a point where you ended up having to tie into the whole fear state deal. And it did end up kind of putting on the brakes there of the momentum momentum. and stuff like that. And we really liked that. And I think that having a lot of books and, you know, Stephanie Phillips, not, not a big fan of ours there, but 
we really liked the book at one point. And we even said that Riley Rossmo's art was starting to play into it, that we it liked us, it yeah. and grew on us and it ended up playing off, you know, the wackiness. Now, with that, Stephanie Phillips, I don't think she really knows what type of Harley she wants to write. And I don't know if it's her or if it's where, because this book is starting to lower you know, the rankings. It's not selling as well. Maybe the editors are like, you got to get the wacky Harley back. You got to get more wacky Harley because at one point I thought it was really well played and really, and now it's just over the top wacky Harley. And you go into this deal and the whole thing with verdict and what I was saying before is when it was revealed, the verdict goes to keepsake says, I brought you back from the dead. You didn't do well and shot him. How does that tie into anything? And this, are we going to see any, it was very weird, but now you end up having here where, Verdict is now going to set up Harley, but in the craziest way that really makes the GCPD really look just ridiculously stupid. Yeah, I think as I understand a lot of the plot of this book, because even when you start things out with the idea that Harley Quinn is now going to feed the homeless and people in need with Dr. Leslie Topkins by taking the food that will be delivered independently by a trucking company to the dump from like, you know, restaurants or like markets that are like, you know, going to throw their food out for the day. She goes and hijacks a truck on roller skates, somehow is able to catch up to a truck on roller skates. Best part about the scene, too, it's a little bit of a joke here, but on the front license plate, it says Pen 14. I'm like, if it was only Pen 15. But it made me giggle for the idea that it was almost Pen 15, but you just can't have a big old penis on the front of a truck like that. So you have that, but like, you're just showing that Harley's continuing being a street level hero here, but that bit of how, you know, smaller skates catch up to a freaking moving truck so you can hijack, it doesn't make sense. Because but she's still when, stealing stuff. I it's know fine. It's, she's Robin Hooding. She even yeah, talked about that. Even but it's not even like, and it, well, you tell me then, what truck, and again, you'll say, I don't know how it works, but one company's going around and just grabbing all of it. No, there's trash cans that they, why is this oh, stuff? It's just nonsense. It's a setup to make her the social justice warrior type deal. It doesn't play out with me very well, especially with the Harley trying to, if Batman finds out about this, he's going to say, he can't do that. But yet Harley's part of the Bat family now. And all this, this poor guy's probably fired too, that ends up with the truck. But even then when you see it, and this is goofy nitpicking, but when you open it up, you see like, flour and but like what, what are they throwing away you're, you're really giving flour and cabbages yeah, yeah so that and, and jars of and peanut so butter. why are they throwing that away because it's rancid and bad. it doesn't play out well for me it's just one there. of the boxes is soil and cream yeah, it's just there to make it so oh look harley's kind of trying to do the right thing it doesn't play with me the first part though is verdict going into this gangster italian restaurant Dressed as Harley with a Harley mask that Riley Rossmo's art gets a little wonky, but it's very obvious that it's a yeah. mask. Yeah. Why would Harley go into now? You could say she's crazy, but she goes into this to put and they actually everybody seems to think it's Harley, even though they know this person's wearing a mask. And yeah. that does not make sense. What the, the only thing you had to do to make this work is to think that the gangsters wouldn't know better, maybe. And have her kill everybody but one guy, and the one guy just says it was Harley Quinn, boom. thing is, I am fine with all of this. Even the gangsters want to say they don't understand because it doesn't matter because they're being well, they're shot at and murdered anyway. by this whole people. So you have a bunch of gangsters being killed by a verdict in a Harley Quinn costume, complete with a Harley Quinn mask that goes over her face. This is all fine, especially if you want to have it caught on camera for the police it's to find, fine, which it no. is. But I'm saying that's fine, if like because it's caught on camera, which it is. 
The biggest problem is that the police, when they're investigating the death and murder here, they find a Harley Quinn mask. Why would the police look at this and say, look, it's Harley Quinn's calling card. We found this video of this person wearing a mask. A mask was left behind. That means Harley Quinn did it, arrest her, and actually send her to Blackgate immediately. I'm like, what is happening in this book? You already showed her caught on camera. That's all you needed. The idea that you're there trying to disguise yourself as Harley and then take the mask off to put it down so that and that's the big evidence. Enough Must ev- be Harley enough Quinn. Enough evidence that it, it, there's no trial. Right to Blackgate. They even say it's so well, that's bad. The thing. That People we send do them. get arrested and they do have to go to jail while they're waiting. They don't go like, to Blackgate. You know, like they go to county yeah. jail. Also, they actually say it's bad enough that there's no trial. They actually say there's no good. There's not going to be a trial. She goes right there. That's where we're t- taking her right now. It's over. It's done. Boom. And so with that, it makes no damn sense. You can't have a mask. They have it on camera. I can see it's a mask on camera, too. So all this leads to, plus you're doing things that Harley has never done. It's not like, oh, well, that's Harley. That's definitely her. No. It's scooping out eyeballs is something that we've had a serial killer type doing. And it has been verdict all that going on. But now, yeah, they end up going with that. But these police officers are just complete and utter morons to think that she, oh, my God, there it is, the calling card, a mask of Harley Quinn. And so maybe they'd go and say, hey, we got to check you out. Is that face paint? Is that a mask? You're like, that's just me. All right. I just, I don't get it. It's just a forced way to get her to jail. That's all you want to do. But it takes the whole issue to do that. When you have this stuff with Kevin, it's nice. We like Kevin. And I do like the idea that Kevin and her are trying to help each other. You get a mention quickly of Kevin's girlfriend, Sam. That we think that may even be Verdict, but I don't know now. And, and then. Well, it's such a weird idea because I want to play on the idea that Verdict is Sam because we know that Verdict is a female character. And we know from when Kevin first was injured, like, you know, met Sam on the streets when she was being, like, you know, pursued by clowns or whatnot, that she was able to take them out single handedly and stuff like that. And we do know that when she was double dating with Poison Ivy, you know, Kevin and Sam, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, they're double dating for when, like, uh, Poison Ivy left. That Sam does not like Harley Quinn right off the bat. So the idea of this, but when you have this character verdict who then saves Keepsake previously and says, I'm going to keep you alive for now and like go and take out Harley Quinn, but then goes and takes Kevin and is going to run Kevin over with fucking C4 trains. I don't know how Sam would feel about that, but it's never brought up because uh, verdict is just like, you know what? You couldn't even do one job. I'm going to kill you right now and I'm going to do it myself. I want the whole thing because like I said, now that you said, I think it is Sam because I'm thinking the idea of, Kevin's just there to get close. It, it, she doesn't care about Kevin now. Eventually, Poor maybe, it'll win. but we haven't seen we one. haven't seen Sam in a while. But the idea, if you if it isn't, then you really better tell us but why. Never trust boyfriend and or girlfriend. You said that. Now, if the, if it isn't, I'll say deal, it every day because there is no reason. We only saw a little bit of verdict ends up getting like a pedophile or you know somebody who got off before. Who had done something bad, but the technicalities or a high price lawyer got him and verdict showed up, said the verdict's in, killed him and then scooped his eye out. You do this with the idea, hey, the turnstile system here in Gotham, they get in jail, they're out. This guy who they're celebrating at this party of gangsters, this guy killed so many people. I'm going to do the verdict's in, scoop his eye. That never is anything that I can say connects to setting up Harley to go to jail. That it's yeah. not anything we've seen. Though we've only seen a little of verdict, but that seems out of the ordinary. Like you said, I don't know how the trial is going to work out or anything like that, but we go to Blackgate Prison and the guards are talking about murder charges with apparently enough evidence to put her away for good. No bail or nothing. She's coming straight here. (laughs) It's done. 
the fuck are you talking about? There's no trial here. That's what they said. I have to assume there's going to be a trial, but the idea that there's no bail, you have to wait for the trial, but even the idea we're just going to send her to Blackgate because she's a fucking filthy murderer, enough evidence of my circumstantial at best. I think what you just read means that that's, it's over. She's arrested. I just want this idea where this could have been earlier in the Harley Quinn timeline, or maybe the stuff's going on, and like, I want there to be a thing where the Royal Flesh Gang, the women's section, is still in Blackgate, and, and Punchline is the leader of this. So you have round two of Harley Quinn and Punchline in Blackgate, because we see Harley, like, you know, brought into Blackgate prison at the end of this whole thing, and we see all of the prisoners finding out that Harley Quinn is coming to Gen Pop. They're all sharpening their ships and getting ready to murder Some fucking Harley. Some look like they're, like, they want to meet her, or they're going, but I'm telling but it you. it seems so weird for who she is, the idea that we know that she's crazy, at least to a degree from what happened to her, that while we don't have an Arkham Tower currently, that she would go right to I Black know, Gate. it's just the idea of murder charges with apparently enough evidence to put her away for good. That's fine. No bail or nothing. She's coming straight here. Seems like they're just going to go. And when you do resolve this... It will be before any trial or whatever. She'll just get out. We'll end up having her escape or, you know, goofy things. We're in a Harley book, so you're going to have goofiness with it. But, yeah, she's just there to, hey, everybody, let's not kill each other here. I'm here to have fun, and we'll see how it goes. I think that it's kind of a neat idea to have Harley in jail and see how that works out. I just, the way God, this, punchlines there. this ends up going on just ended up like, I don't, I don't know. We, we just talked about two other books that tried to fudge some details and things like that, but this feels worse. Everything about this is fudged, though. Every part of the storytelling, the idea that we find a mask, we see that Harley Quinn's there. It's a Harley Quinn mask that anybody could, must mean Harley Quinn did it. That's, that's stupid. William that, Shatner has been having so many problems with that Halloween shit going on. He keeps getting arrested for murders and stuff. So that's just the same. Why isn't he? Oh my God! Uh, not one of these Halloween kills again. The Captain Kirk mask. Obviously, Shatner's here in Haddonfield and murdering people. Blackgate. No trial for you. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's a weird progression. And so, my big thing about this is there's part of me that gets upset at some of these books, like a Harley, even Stephanie Phillips, and even some other writers that we deal with, where they are trying. They're, they're trying to write, and some of the things are good. Stephanie Phillips, I'm telling you, has a really I think a knack for writing some quirky characters that we end up liking that we fell in love with Kevin is just that's proof that she can do something. And yeah, that's the best part of this whole book when Kevin's going to Harley's house and stuff like that. And we see her in her turmoil ever since Poison Ivy left because she her house is a mess. Kevin hasn't been there in a couple weeks, but she is this whole left the whole place go to pot. And Kevin's like, are you okay? Do you need to talk? You see how good Kevin is as a friend and stuff like that. It's the best part of the book. But whenever you do anything to continue your comic book superhero s story, it's all fudged nonsense. She can write these quirky characters. And when she writes Harley good, it really is good. It's the Harley with a heart that's trying to use her psychological background, but also the idea that people don't take her seriously or think she's one thing to get people to get second chances it's really good but they I, she seems to need somebody to kind of give her a little more guidance editorial or whatnot where you come to plot and the progression of a plot to set things up and i think that if she could do that she could be so much better and i think that a lot of these newer writers that are coming from this and i'm not saying just her because i don't really know her background as much but you end up having like a tim sharon who he's a a cartoon movie guy he comes in and it seems like they're just letting him loose here you do that where somebody needs to guide these these writers because they can get a lot better and the only way that they're going to get more of a name for themselves if they get better and do things so i it just you end up having these things and it, it just worries me 
about what DC is doing with them because I think some of them are a bit left out to dry and things and things are just being let go. And uh, But by the end, yeah, a lot of nonsense to set up, but hopefully you'll have some fun in there in the Blackgate prison. And yeah, I'd like to see the Royal Flush Gang and stuff, and maybe even Or just a something deal. that we know that there's continued continuity in Gotham at Blackgate from what was going on in the punchline backups of the Joker book. I want there to be some kind of through line where it feels like we're still living in the same world as Harley is now sentenced here for no real reason. And that's the thing. You know, Harley books like kind his of... Like orc is still here. Yeah. Harley books jump in and out and whatever, but this Harley book seems to be, I mean, it was part of a crossover and the deal so yeah. except fully in continuity. So I hope that it does play with that. I mean, you can say that already it's kind of a, hey, usually she'd go to Arkham and now she's in Blackgate. All right. You know, you're doing it. You're starting it up. But let's see how this plays out. And I'm just afraid that it's just going to be forced, forced, forced. And then we'll Maybe see Maybe that's just goes. telling me that her mental well-being has gotten to the point where she doesn't go to an Arkham. She goes right to a Blackgate. That's how sane she's become. And you become. can even have a thing in this where maybe at this point, because she does seem to be going a little bit blacky. That maybe the system's failing or even and and maybe we'll deal something Doesn't with that. That'd be so. cool. But yes, it does. That's why they call it the system, Eric. I don't know. Uh, but by the end, I, I'm looking forward to see if it is Sam and that type. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, and again, we go through all of these and I want to like everything. And I'm just saying that if she ends up listening to this, it's just the idea where it, it's not well set up. The plot is really, really fudged here. So what would you give it? 4.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm at a 4. And when you go to the art, isn't bad. Actually, it's what we expect in this with yeah. Riley Rosmo. But when you go to the beginning and you're really hinging on a mask 10, deal. 14 license Yeah, plate. that's pretty good. And when you end up with this mask and then I'm like, hey, you want Sometimes you see like a little bit of a, a mesh deal that I told you about that I thought was kind of cool, but then it isn't there. We're but... supposed to know it's not Harley Quinn, but for some reason, the way it works out through the camera, like I can see through a low-grade potato security camera of a restaurant that maybe the police are like, oh my god, it's Harley Quinn. But they, when they realize that there's a mask laying there of Harley Quinn, that she's obviously being set up, the idea, you don't get anything. You're going right to Blackgate Prison. You go out past, go to not collect hundreds dollars $200, go right to jail. Like, look, you can do whatever you want. This doesn't make it good in the end. No, no, it's, it's very odd. And I'm even looking. At the point where you end up having... The camera footage, that makes it even, that is the most pronounced way to see that it's a mask. I mean, you can see the eyes cut out. This is not something that you wouldn't see, but that's what they go. These these cops stink, but that is it, Eric. What is, your, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Task Force Z number six. Yep, and mine was Rogues number one. So we ended up having both of our deal in our TGIF. Thank God it's Friday we deal. Bananas. Uh, oh, we did go bananas. Oh, my God, we went so bananas. But coming up this next week, again, to remind everybody, we are going to be Patreon only next week. So if you want to listen to the show for as little as a dollar, you just sign up, and boom, you can listen to the podcast. Funny, oh. It's annuals week. We don't have any annuals. Yeah, yeah we don't week. because it's annuals week. And this is these are the books that we will be talking about on the Patreon next week. Aquaman number two. That's on my pull list. I don't know if you know that. I Batman do. Beyond, mind, yeah. the White Knight book one. It's fancy, Eric. It's book one. Get it's into not the number future one. of the White Knight we'll universe. See. We'll see how that is. I don't even know how much in the future it is or if it's just like either. a continuation. They I think it's like 10 it. years or something, actually. Uh, we also have DC versus Vampires number six. It did seem to get delayed. It usually comes out oh, on the safe. same week with the Task Force Z. But maybe this will start. I kind of always wanted them separate, but now I'm kind of sad they're not. Eric, Shadow <laughs> War Alpha number one. So we begin that. We'll see what's Start going on with there. War. So I'm looking forward to that. Eric, out of nowhere, 
Swamp Thing number 11. We're going back to the Randy back, Swamp baby. Thing. Maybe we'll find out stuff about Levi, but it seemed like they're like going on to something else at first. It's we like, are going to learn more about Levi, and we're going to love this Swamp Thing. Shut up, Jim. Yeah, it seemed like it's like something else. So I'll have to say, I'd have to look at that that solicit again. Somehow, from what we learn of Levi and this continuation of Randy Swamp Thing, it will then le- lead Levi to be on Bendis' Justice League at the end of his run. Him and Frankenstein. War for Earth 3, number 2, then. We end up ending that, which it doesn't even feel like it started, Eric. So hopefully it hasn't that war, started. I don't know what you're talking hopefully about. Hopefully that War for Earth 3 uh, finale there. Is that really ends the up, end? Yeah, I believe it's the end. I so, the fuck it yeah, yeah, I think it is. It was only, Nothing's happened, it was Jim. only five issues. So maybe we have another one because we ended up on China. Is there a Suicide now. Squad tie-in that goes into maybe that Maybe we words? missed out on that. Maybe that's coming out then. So maybe this is the... That'd be weird to have the number two of the War for Three not be the end, but maybe that we have a Suicide... There were five issues. And I think we only had three so far this week. Nope. Four. Five, had four. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Then that's it. We've had uh, the War for Earth 3 part one, number one, and then we had the Suicide Squad, and then we had the Flash, and then the Teen Titans Academy, and now the War it for Earth 3. It was weird. When two. you said that, I couldn't remember the Suicide Squad tie-in, so I was thinking you were saying, well, we haven't had a suicide here. No, just I was hoping there was a second. hoping is what you say. I don't know. It is uh, it is an oversized issue, I see, Eric, so I'm assuming that that means Not oversized it might be enough. the end. And then at the end... It's- I chose poorly. I think it's the end, Eric. I think you chose poorly. So with all of that, that'll be on the Patreon. So if you want to hear Eric said, though, I was mind. checking I was checking Target.com earlier today because I do have a pre-order for the McFarlane Ultraman figure that still is yet to be determined the release date. But I'm like, man, I want that Ultraman and I want the rest of the crime so they get to add to my toy collection. That is pretty cool in my book, Eric. Uh, He's going to come with a Starro that can you put over top of him to take control, but also comes with a Build-A-Figure of a bigger Starro. Oh, my God. Where's my boys' toys? And, and so <laughs> all this, if you go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, you're going to help us out for what we do here. But the other things that you get are the spotlight that we do each week, every Thursday night. That comes out in this past week. We ended up doing the... Teen Titans Academy tie-in to the War of Earth 3 and also the trial of the Amazon's Wonder Woman or Wonder Girl number Wonder one. Girl special so you have that. One. Yeah, so right away you can get all one those of two. things and whatnot. So yeah, we do a lot of stuff and you can check that out. And why why not check it out, Eric, when you end up having the full I podcast agree. on in a very low, uh, what's it called? No limitations. I'm really losing my voice, Eric. So we're going to say cool. goodbye here. Also, go over to our Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Check out reviews there. Go to our Instagrams at the Weird Science Comic. And then, like we said, the Patreon. But also, we also have, just as a shout out, a Marvel and a manga show as well. Just check out all of our stuff. Eric, we're going to get out of here. What do we say? At the end of the podcast. Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.